What's going on, guys? Welcome back to episode 26 of the Now You Made It Awkward podcast. Is that correct? Yes, episode 26, because episode 25 was the last one. You know, we're, we're, we're doing this on a different day than usual. Normally, we do these things on Sundays. Today, we're doing it on a Tuesday afternoon. You know, it is what it is. And it's also going to be slightly quieter and, I guess, a little bit more peaceful in this episode for some reason. Um, can't, can't imagine why. Um, but over here, I have Mr. Dad Mamu. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Now more with more clarity. Yes, now with more clarity. And uh, without slightly less nasal sound. You're less nasally without the, the headphones. And also, happy belated birthday, because the last time we recorded was the day before your birthday, and we didn't mention it on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I, I appreciate the shout-out on 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 the Facebook page. It was lovely. Yes, that was that was amusing. And then, My eyebrows uh, were perfect. Yes, the flaming eyebrows for everybody who didn't get to see it. I'll put it up on the screen, uh, at least on, for the YouTubists. So if you're watching on YouTube, you will see the image that I did for Rob. So it is what it is. Uh-oh. What was that hiccup? Don't do that. Don't be doing hiccups right now. That was random. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> Editing. It's wonderful. Exactly. Yes. So uh, we're going to go ahead and start out with comments and or questions. Uh, no emails this week, though we have apparently have pending emails, as it were, because I did talk to Will on a live stream the other night, and he said he will have an email. He just had to go back through a series he was watching to send in his thoughts and feelings about it. So it was on a recommendation. So uh, something going back to... Okay, so going back to the Remembering Anne Heche episode, um, and, you know, the whole past-present careers of uh, celebrities and whatnot, we actually had a comment back there. I just didn't read it in time. So that was from J. Lord in all caps. Trace amounts of cocaine and fentanyl means useless within the prior seven days, not the day of the accident. I mean, it, yes, but it still means that yes. Yes, I mean, the, it it, either, was, either way, it doesn't mean she's yeah. not under the influence of, but right. anyway, but, yeah. But yeah, I mean, obviously it was whatever the, whatever was going on, both mentally and also uh, psychedelically too. There so. haven't, there haven't been any updates, at least that I've seen or heard of yet. No, hmm. no. I wonder if we'll ever know. Yeah, probably in like November. Probably. Or the last week of October, for some reason, they'll release that information. I don't know why they would. Uh, whatever, whatever the whenever it becomes a dry news week, and we want to just re they want to revisit it. Yeah, when they're you know, when they're because... when they're done. Uh, never mind. Uh, don't want to go there right now. So either way, uh, and then we have another comment on episode uh, twenty four. Could she hold ride a dragon? Christine says, shaking my head, still learning new terms: toy accurate versus tune accurate. So, you know, Christine's not much in the collecting community, so she hears us talking about these things. Um, and it's like, okay, new vernacular, whole new whole new set of learnings. And while we're on the concept of tune versus toy, um, the other day in the chat, Ricky and I had an argument again that we had here on that, this podcast about New Age's versions of their Grimlock. And he's like, are you getting the metallic one? Uh no, I'm getting the tune one. Well, you should get the metallic one. 
Like, there isn't a metallic one. There's the tune, there's the toy version, which, yes, it is metallic, but it has all the quote-unquote stickers from the toys. And then there's the comic version that is technically all metallic, but no extra stupid-looking stickers. And then Rick, and Rick, just 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 to clarify it, so when somebody says toy accurate, the whole point is basically that when a lot of these designers, whether they were Toy Biz or Hasbro or Kenner um, or you know take your pick, um, Playmates, whomever were creating the toys at the time, they had only the base basic draft images to go by that were provided by whoever the creators were, whoever was providing the materials for the marketing. Mm -hmm. So those toy designers had to basically design a toy based on what they saw um, for the colorations. And sometimes those colorations of what they were provided was not the most accurate, which is why there's a lot of toys out there that everybody always says that, oh, I remember that one from my childhood, but it really never actually looked that way because it actually looked more green, more blue, more purple, or was completely different color altogether. And sometimes those toy, those same toys, which wound up on the shelves, did not match anything of what the cartoons or what we remember as kids even looked like. Sometimes like, they did. Like Transformers, for instance. Like Transformers. Transformers comes to mind a lot. G.I. Joe comes, comes to mind a lot. Um, I mean, even even My Little Pony, you know, for the girls or, you know. How dare certain, you? Certain, certain How ones, dare you? Know, you? I mean, I'm just saying there were certain toys that just did not look anything like what we saw on TV. Well, this is true. So, because um, often, oftentimes, were, well, I was going to say, oftentimes yeah. the toys are designed before a TV show even hits the ground. So, yeah, because there was a certain point in time where Gasp um, toys were actually made to sell the cartoons, um, and the cartoons were made to sell the toys. And sometimes they were also exclusives, such as KB or um, Toys R Us, where mm. those had specific decos or designs. So um, Tune Accurate is basically considered to be more accurate to what the actual design was intended to be, or perhaps what the model ended up being in the long run. Um, that also implies pretty much the same lines we just that I just mentioned. Yes. Um, but realize, but it's it's closer to what um, what people would say. Well, that's really what I do remember. Um, so when we say like toy accurate versus tune accurate, one is more closer to what was potentially put on the shelves, whether or not it was a red face or a blue face or a gray face or a green face or whatever on the toy, mm. versus the actual cartoon where it was colorized a certain way. Whatever they could afford on the sale that week. That's exactly right. Yes. But what's shout weird out is... To Sunbow. Shout out to Sunbow. Uh, the weird thing is, in that conversation or that podcast, I don't remember us even mentioning Toon versus Toy Accurate, so I don't even know what she's referencing, unfortunately. Well, I think it was, was because weeks you ago. Guys were, yeah, you guys were talking about, like, cartoon version versus, like, versus the, the toy the toyetic versions of the Grimlocks. And what? It, well, I don't again, think this is where, this is where, like... This is also where these third-party manufacturers, or let's face it, even the regular party manufacturers, really try to play up on the old nostalgia factor. Because now what we're getting is we're getting manufacturers, and we have been really logically for the last 10, 15 years, mm. reiterations of things. This is how they sell. This is how these manufacturers sell toys: is by basically releasing. They they make use of the same mold one or two or three Repaints. times or more, depending upon right, depending upon what. They're, you know, what people remember or want for their decoration. Yeah. Um, so there are some people that prefer the more 
this is what I had in my childhood version versus there are people that are like, man, that just popped off the screen. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a preference thing, Christine, more than anything. Um, it just depends upon what, as a collector, what most people try to collect. Yeah. And of course, you know, you want to make it even more complicated. If you have something that came from a movie version, which is different from the TV version, which is different from the comic book version. And it's all technically the same character, but somehow different deco, different details, different manufacturer, different decade, something silly, you know? Right. But yeah. All right. Moving on from that comment. Also, guys, if you would like to comment on the, any of our videos, by all means, please do, because it will help fill the algorithm out and YouTube will go, Hey, you guys should watch these guys because lots of people comment. But if you don't feel like it, you can write into the email at now you made it awkward mail at gmail.com in the description down below. Okay. So, uh, we do have a comment, uh, on last episode, which was fame and mental health. Why are stars breaking down? Um, I wanted to get some kind of supernova joke in there, but I just couldn't figure it out. So, but, uh, Jan Goza, otherwise known as Jay, uh, wrote in, not mad at you guys, just very busy these last couple of weeks, expect a long email soon. So we, we have a promise of a long email and I will check before we end this episode, just in case. Just remember Jay paragraphs. Okay. Please separate it out. It doesn't have to be precise. Just paragraphs. <laughs> yes. And, uh, check, check grammar and spelling of things. Cause sometimes those sentences are wonky. It happens. It happens to the best of us, but sometimes we lose context because of whatever's actually written down. All right. And we actually, on the same episode, we have Will, good old Will, saying, personally, I think celebs will keep getting negativity online because social media rots the brain and we live in a terminally online world. If a celeb is a dickhead, that's going to make things worse, but it is not the only source of the problem. When people live online, they will say and do things that people disagree with that tends to be a natural reaction in a sense we're not all always hold on we're not all always on gonna what the fuck did he type here okay so we're not always we're not all always going to be on the same page that's what he's trying to type mm-hmm. but he put a word or two in the wrong spot there so the problem is as you guys pointed out to to a degree people can't help themselves from being a-holes no, I don't know what you mean. I have no idea what you mean, Will. Okay, uh, I'm guilty of it too. We seem to forget that there's a person reading our comments and feels social media addicts don't care about that. This is also true. It's just a competition between them to see who can get the biggest reaction from whoever is being targeted by their hatred that day. I make an effort to at That's least true. try not to be toxic and only comment when it's relevant, but anyone can be an a-hole, but no one is willing to own their own BS. He didn't need the second own there. It was implied. It has to be someone else's fault, and we get caught going around and around on the carousel of hate and bile vitriol. Nice. On a, on a happier note, thanks for the birthday wishes. I appreciate it. Also, tell Ricky I'll try to I'll try better about putting up his ego. Oh, puffing up his ego. Okay, those F's look like T's. Should be wearing my glasses. Uh, so either way, he'll try to inflate Ricky's ego in the comments since uh, he hasn't Ricky done so. Does not require more ego inflating. Nope, not at all. So it is what it is. 
No, so that's very well. That's that's all very true. Yeah, 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 for sure. Very, very true. I mean, we talked about it. I mean, in depth, really. So, I mean, in we've all experienced it in one way or the other. Wow, we have a lot of. I'm just checking the email real quick. We have a whole bunch of spam. No actual emails. We got a whole bunch of spam. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, like the, the negativity online kind of stuff, just depending on where you're at, like Twitter is one thing. I mean, obviously I don't use Twitter much, but we see the, the reactions of Twitter mobs. We see what happens. Yeah. And I've used message boards. I mean, I, I grew up, I I grew up in, you know, Mm -hmm. at a point in time where message boards, BBSs, um, were the thing and that was whatever type of forums I mean, from like the... yeah it, it it was still garbage it was still garbage in garbage out yeah it just yeah. wasn't as big of a bag it, it's that's you know that's and, how it is and i feel like and maybe it's a little different now that there was a bit more gatekeeping back in the day when it came to online communities so where like people couldn't just come in and comment or whatever you had you were a part of the community you know that kind of stuff you know it was self-policing mm-hmm. Now it's right. now it feels like the internet is open to anyone, and anyone can get to you no matter where you're at, and to you know say whatever horrible thing they want to you, and if they can't, they'll say it in a public forum and make sure it gets back to you somehow, anyways, right? Right, exactly. Like the reply yeah, guys. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's you know, and and it com- becomes even more of a nightmare because now you have people that are. They go above and beyond that extra mile. You know, you look at doxing, you look at anything that, mm. that people try to do to get their, um, I want to say get their point across more like get their feelings, uh, get their feelings justified to their own sensibilities. I don't even know if it's, yeah, I mean, it, it the internet, the internet responds and amplifies the worst things about base human nature. It's true, yeah, and that's that's where we're at now, especially in this country, um, with everything that's going on politically and socially, and it's all being lived on every form of social media, every every news report, every YouTube video, every every Twitter thread, every Instagram reel yeah. or whatever, Facebook reel, Instagram thing. I don't fucking know anymore. You know, well, I forget and, where it was said, but I think it's partially because people feel they 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 feel. And this was mentioned. This was this was from another somewhere. I don't remember what the converse where the conversation was about this, but it was in regards to social media. But it was people feel justified. Mm-hmm. They feel personal justification in being able to do these things. But that's not. You know, this, you know, you know. Societal part of it norm is is, is not. But you know what part of it is? So so the other thing about the internet world as we live in now is everyone has an overinflated sense of entitlement. And when they're assholes like this, they feel entitled to your attention. So they'll very, do whatever they can to get a rise out of you, whether that's positive, negative, or whatever. And it's one thing, you know, when we're you know talking back and forth with our people like this. You know, but it's another uh, when you have toxic, hateful comments because you had a dis- you disagreed with the a base assessment of a thing, you know, comparative to one of your fanatics. Yeah. 
you know, that's what I run into a lot on my reaction channel, you know? It's like, oh, you're a fucking yeah, everybody moron. Wants to, you're everybody wants, yeah, everybody yeah. wants to feel like they can do better or they, they, their opinion is not everybody, but the people want to feel like their opinion. I think it's that they want to feel like their opinion matters. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, but that's and, great. And, and like, but you it's also about, not great. And you talked about the justification. So they also need people to dogpile to boost that opinion, right. you know? And, and, you know, heaven forbid you try to defend yourself, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, and, and the funny thing is like, everyone always says you should not reply to any negative bullshit. Um, I let it go to a certain degree until people are being ignorant. Like it, it's, it's one thing when you're just being a rude motherfucker. Cause I can just ignore you and block it. I mean, it still gets to you on the inside a little bit, but when it gets to, okay. So for instance, I've been very critical of this one particular singing group because they 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 make stylistic choices that are only out of style, not substance when it comes to the singing. Um, they do things for wow factor, but they don't necessarily benefit the song, right? So I point these things out. Now, mind you, I do it in a somewhat comedic fashion. You know, I have a, I have a phrase on my on that channel, or I have a. Uh, catchphrase i guess you know unnecessary bass face so it's like the face i make when i hear the shit and i was like you know whatever to the point that that's actually on a mug uh but um like all of the fans of that group no matter what positive things i have to say about them no matter how much praise i can actually throw on top of them cannot accept the negative criticism and therefore will never accept the positive criticism Right. So, and and that's a big problem. And then they call you whatever ist, you know, applies. And not just in this case, but, you know, on the Internet in general. So if you disagree with something, you, you're some ist. You're an ist or, or you're accused of some type of ism, you know, whatever it might apply to the situation. And as much intersectionality on that ist or ism is better for them, right? Right. You know, yeah, plus uh, or minus for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to go uh, just... Topically here, uh, before we go on to other things, uh, the brouhaha on the internet currently over the new Little Mermaid trailer that Disney just dropped, and the sheer amount of um, people who absolutely hate it, <laughs> and, and like the and, and like made their points valid. They're like, "Look, you guys have de- deviated so far from what we had the first place. How could you even call it this?" And then the immediate response is, of course, you're racist. You're, I don't even know how you go yeah, sexist, but, but I, I just... hate to tell, I hate to, to, I mean, I hate to be that person, but mm-hmm. um, the fact of the matter is the original, t- this, the, the, oh, it's an adaptation cartoon, to begin with. The original, well, the original cartoon from 19, <clears throat> whatever, was so far off from the original um, Hans Christian Anderson. Tale. Yeah. Hans Christian Andersen, yeah. you know, tale of 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 what the the Little Mermaid was, and mm-hmm. this is where um, history and research matters because if you actually read the original story, you would know. Um, but it, I get it. Like, okay, you can have your your vitriol towards it, but is it really worth it? Because well, the other thing is, yeah. it's it's not even it's not even the vitriol towards it that matters as much as the anti-hatred as you would say 
coming back. Be like, okay, but the thing is, if you wanted to just make a Little Mermaid movie, and you wanted to say it's going to be based on the original stories, original book, whatever, okay, nobody can really bitch about that. But when you're Disney and you're doing live action remakes of all of your 80s and 90s cartoons, people love them for what they were and don't want to see things, special fundamental things, changed to such a degree. You know, and then they claim this, that, and the other about trying to be colorblind. It's like, you're trying to be colorblind, but you're not. You're doing the exact opposite. You're actually making it really obvious what you're doing. You know? What's the meme? Just just be quiet and enjoy things. Yeah, that would be great if one could just do so. But I mean, like, now, the thing is also is like, for instance, uh, there's some people who are up in arms about uh, House of the Dragon because the uh, uh, the Valerian family is black and they're not in the book. So, right. like, even uh, with the Rings of Power and Rings of Power, every so, yeah. everything about the Rings every, of Power, every <laughs> series, and 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 can we just uh, I I just is it me or is it has it been the last four years, three years, really, where it's become even more amplified about this? On, it, it, on it, which maybe side? it's just me, but it, in in regards to like the. Um, that's not how it should should be isms. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it just seems in the last three years with material that's being that's being with media that's being produced with things that are we'll call them revamped, revamped, rebooted, re re reduxed. It just seems like the um, that's not how it's supposed to be. Isms have gotten even worse. I agree with that, um, especially when it comes to comic book movies, as if we haven't had that argument a million times on this show. Um, right. Well, I think that's 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 literally that, that's part of the. You almost of literally it. defined why with the point of this show in some in some respects. Yeah. So because it's what we discuss a lot. We yeah. we discuss the whole point of, and it's not us saying this. This is what we're seeing from the it's, general. Con- it's I want to say consensus. It's not. Yeah, but but it's our reaction to the reaction generally yeah. speaking. And and when it comes to me, I always want to judge the thing by what I'm given. Yeah, the quality, not the not the not the design of it. No, so well, much. the design of things matter to a degree. Yes. Because yeah, you, you want something that's going to look good yeah, and, that's, and you want a product that's going to look good that's going to actually convey this convey whatever the story is. And it doesn't yeah. matter what it is if it's blue so, or made or and, and the thing is when whatever. it does matter and this is this is the internet argument as it as it is is what changes are allowable when it comes to a specific characterization. Mm. You know, say you're doing the little mermaid the book yeah, how far how far off the how far off the page do you go with that? Which again, yeah, this is where this is where and I brought this up in, in the comments where I I feel like he, both you have a point and are correct, and also Ricky is right in in the whole and I call it and, and it is a real term. It's the fifth wall. It is the oh, believability yeah. of the character as it's designed to what the character is supposed to be or what it was originally written for. 
Mm-hmm. So there's there is that there is that it's not the fourth wall. The fourth wall is basically the breaking of believability between the fantasy and the reality. Yeah. The fifth wall is really the breaking of the uh, of the character to the characterization as they were originally created. Okay. So that that's you know and I, and, I got you. And in that in that respect, yes, there is so, a lot of that so happening. The, so I do have a question. And this has come up before on other shows, and I've heard it also on the internet. And I think they brought it up on Nerd Rage before. Are there characters, and and I'm going to say this very plainly, are there any characters whose race is specifically protected? In fiction, I should say. Because obviously in reality, we wouldn't be wouldn't purposely change someone's race if we're doing a story based on actual people because that would be more fucked up the best reference i could think of would be george lucas he has a very specific he has a very specific and and the term is again we've said this before is it's a bible the bible is basically mm-hmm. a definition of the characterization of characters okay um, but it's also a definition of their of of where those characters originate from and also the look of those characters okay um for example you could have a young han solo but is he going to be a black han solo or is he going to be an asian han solo or is he going to be a polynesian han solo the answer is no George Lucas has it very specific in his Bible that that is not the case. Um, so and he for for the longest period of time, he he had to approve any new characterizations. Yeah, I mean, if it, if it's a if it's a somehow a change of characterization to an established character, I could see that, you know, it's like so the, re- the reason I ask is because there seems to be a lot of debate in the upcoming uh, eventuality of the X-Men being in the MCU, there's a lot of talk about wanting to make either Charles Xavier or Magneto not white. Now the argument, the argument for Magneto, the fundamental aspect of his character of being a Jew who went through the Holocaust is a Holocaust survivor. He's a Holocaust survivor, but you can't do that if it's, an updated version. You'd have to have some type of change, even though that matters, or you're going to end up with a really old Magneto. Like, unfortunately we currently have, right? Right. So, I mean, I just mean, of course, Ian McKellen is significantly older by now. So, um, sorry, sir. Apologies. Sir. And the same thing with Charles Xavier is like, a lot of people are like, we need, we want Giancarlo Esposito for Charles Xavier. I was like, I mean, I like him as an actor, but I think you're also sort of, Missing a little bit of that point. And when it comes to a cast that is as diverse as the X-Men or the mutant cast in general, like there are black characters there are white characters there are Asian characters there are Hispanic characters or they literally run the gamut. And yes, I purposely avoided the pun. <laughs> nice try. Yeah. Nice try. Uh, I mean, like you get people from all over the States. You get people from all walks of life. You get people from across the world. That'd be like, okay, so does Storm get to be a Canadian white woman now? Or is being an African weather witch fundamental to her character? Right, yeah. How so so who that? so who gets to decide which characters get to be race or gender swapped 
you well, know, owns the license. Yeah, but I mean, what if it's just it's the a money, director? That, in that, in a, in a lot of cases, it's a money thing. It's whoever owns the license. Oh, I'm sure for the use of the character. Therefore, like, and this is this is how most most movie licensing works. You're you have you're paying for the rights to the light to a character, mm-hmm. um, but you are but the the impl- the legal implication therein is that you are also allowed to make modifications to the character as you see fit. Unless there's a Bible. Depending, depending upon the contract, unless there's a stipulation. Yeah. So that's that's where I start wondering. Like, okay, so we've seen it in the past with Fanforstic, where they made some specific changes that weren't necessarily for the better in that movie. You know? And they, you know, they just there were some. They're that movie wasn't great. They were trying really too hard, trying too hard. and yeah. I feel. And I know they talked about it on on Nerd Rage, and I think we talked about it here. I think there's a problem with forced diversity now. It's like diversity matters more than the story. It matters more than characterization. Making sure that things are as diverse as possible first, and going from there is the new baseline in Hollywood. And I don't think, and uh, I know they talked about it on Nerd Rage about the boys. The boys doesn't feel like forced diversity. It just feels normal. But you get on other kind of superhero-y shows, and sometimes it starts feeling forced, you know, to be diverse. Like, okay, it's like we know that there should be, due to the characters on screen, most of these should be white people. But now I'm intermixing, and they're changed up how they should be. That well, starts getting forced bit, too also, far. It's also a little bit of um, I'm going to call it the golden age of um, the golden age of rainbow rainbow visors. I'll, I'll call it the golden age of puppy vision, um, where everybody see everybody saw the world as one color, one thing. Mm. When you know, and yeah. and you look at a lot of the. A lot of the characters that were created, especially during the Golden Age and through this, you know, even from the Silver Age to the Golden Age of comics, mm-hmm. you talk about the Marvel properties, the DC properties, there are, there, you know, the, there were, these were characters that were created in a certain way, in a certain color, we'll just say. Sure. Now, have those things changed over time? Have we seen other iterations? Yes. Is it, you know, but it... This is the problem. Like the boys is more of a newer property. Yeah. And by newer, we're talking within 10 years. Yes. So generationally, it does come across as more. It's, it's a more modern. More modern. More yes, modern, more progressive modern the, life. Yes. And, and, and see, this is one thing I was talking about with, um, is either with Ricky or Sean, because we're talking about the Lord of the Rings um, uh, show where now they have, uh, in a way, forced diversity. But. It's like part of it when I look when I look at this show, one, it's gorgeous, but two, it looks too real life. When the fantasy world that has previously been established has been a very specific color palette. And to me, it it actually and it sounds bad. I'm not saying that I need everything to be white to work, but in a world where you've only been shown white to white-ish people that exist in a world, and now you have a full-on color palette, as it were, 
it it almost takes you out of it a little bit. Like to, that was my first experience watching the show's first two episodes. I was like, okay, I, I I honestly don't care about the black elf, the black dwarf, or the other people that are mixed in. I I don't internally care about it, but fantastically, I do. Because I was like, that's not what I've been shown in this world before. And now it actually takes me out of the fantasy and brings me to a different level. So right. what, what was I thinking about? There was a there was a different show that I was thinking about in my head that applied to it. Not Lord of the Rings, but there was another one where things are more diverse, but in the same fantasy realm. And I'm like, to me, it doesn't seem Lord of the Rings. It seems this, you know? Um, oh, it might have been Game of Thrones, because Game of Thrones is far more like that, even with their fantastical uh, aspects. Um, so it's like, it's not that I have a problem with it, it's that like it takes me out of it when it's a world that's only ever been defined one way. You know? Yeah, the believability does get changed quite a bit, because it's not how... Again, this is where toy accurate versus two different <laughs> So, so it's, it's, too, it's, it's uh, book accurate to TV accurate to movie accurate. Um, which which version of Elrond is your favorite? Um, exactly. Yeah. But but I think that like ultimately like it doesn't matter as much as the internet in in this case I should say it doesn't matter as much as the internet is making it out to be. But I feel like when it comes to the Little Mermaid problem, the potential X Men problem, I feel like there's a certain level of don't fuck with itness that should be established, but being Disney, they don't care. They only care about certain quotas. They only care about which Twitter mob is going to be more mad at them. And in this case, they're finding out exactly which mobs are mad at them. And actually, it's people who just love the original Little Mermaid movie that much. I'm like, why did you fucking do this? And then, to me, I'm like, they told you they were doing this three years ago. Why are you only mad about it now that they did it? <laughs> it's like, I was mad about it then. It's just like, uh, yeah, because no. It came, because it came to the forefront. It finally yeah, happened. It finally happened, yeah. right. And They're like, oh no, that'll never happen. That'll I, I never think work. there were people who Versus, thought that. Oh my gosh, you... And, and, and just really brief, so um, as a collector, particularly of Transformers, mm. um, and somebody who has been in the fandom for a very long time, the phrase... Michael Bay has um, <laughs> has 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 ruined my childhood. It has come up way more than a few times, and that's not for me. But that's what other you know. Th this is what I've heard from from individuals, and it's mm -hmm. it applies the same for a lot for just about every property I because it is your childhood that you feel is being smirched. Yes, <laughs> it and. and being a and and this goes for any fan talking about the thing they love the most. Once again, it's like I think we all have a certain level of acceptability when it comes to modifying the thing we like and how far out of bounds we'll allow it to go. And this is where the gatekeepers have been said like every every property needs to be gatekept, you know, so that it's made exactly the way it needs to be done. And I don't really agree with that, but I also agree on the other side of it that like I said, there should be lines established, especially when it comes to characters like, you know, so like there's like, how can I put this? Uh, it, say they made she Hulk blonde, like in Hulk form. That would just be a really fucking weird choice to make. And it would probably take most people out of it. Like her hair's like supposed to be black to shiny blue or green. 
It's like there's there's no room for it to be blonde. What the fuck are you doing? You know, it's like or uh, well, like it's one thing when they race or gender swap a character, but can somehow justify it, I guess, you know, but there's there's certain lines. I, I think the problem is we move the line of acceptability to like minute things when it used to be major things. And I think that's where Ricky and I disagree a lot. You know, when it comes to, for instance, with She-Hulk, when we talked about all right. the, yeah. how far, how far off the map are you, are you supposed to go before you, you're losing the audience? Yeah. And, and I think that when it comes to get it, mean about it too. Oh, they that's, do. that's also yeah. what the whole point of this is, is that. Yes, it it is different. Should it be so vastly different that you stop enjoying it? No, that's not that that's a fault of the of the people that are trying to produce something to make money off of because they know you're going to pay a ticket price that's that 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 is the fault of the of the director and it's yeah. perfectly fair to say this stinks it is perfectly logical to say that we are consumers we are heavy consumers yeah apparently there's so much I media am. out there it's almost too much yes and so it's okay to say something, you know, to say something really stinks on ice. I, th- I think, I think that, and, and this but is where part- you get mean. It's like, Ugh. yeah, exactly. So, but this, this is where I'm at now. And, and I've mentioned it in the last few weeks. I'm so done hearing about negative things or hearing negative things before something has even happened. Like the Lord of the Rings show was already tainted for the entire world. Like right. there was no winning. Like even if people like it, there's still a huge swath of people who've already been told to hate it for whichever reason. You know, same thing yeah. with uh, She-Hulk. You've got the people out there who are just bitching about it every single week, and yet they're still watching it. They're they're hate watching it, but they're watching it. Uh, when it comes to this Little Mermaid problem, they told us three years ago what they were going to do, and people hated it then. They still did the thing. So you've got two options: completely ignore it. Or go out there and fight every minute of the day for your point of view to not have any effect except to make other people angry and upset at the thing. You know, it's like you were talking about earlier. You know, you want to feel justified by being surrounded by like-minded people, right? Yeah. You know, well, and the more also, people you can get riled up. Yes. Yeah, it's a mob mentality. But it's not going to change anything, especially for Disney. But I right. will point out one thing. Disney clearly didn't want this movie to be sold in China. Right. It's like, yeah. let's be honest here. It's like no movie. I mean, even Black Panther wasn't really sold in China. And if it was, yeah. they actually modified who was bigger on the on the poster. Actually, they specifically did that with Star Wars, where they either made Finn smaller or eliminated him entirely from the movie poster because, you know, let's you know, not not about not to go on what about isms but china is significantly more racist in that aspect than almost any other place in the world but we allow it you know well, it's, or, it's their version of puppy vision i guess so they it's, are they're neutralizing for the for the the sanctity of the people yes because we can't show we can't th- show black cultu- people it is a cultural thing in in only so many respects but it is primarily a government control thing whoa 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 hold on rob we can't have that kind of discussion around here i'm just no we're not going to go into it i'm just no no they, Did, have you heard you i assume you heard that episode where mike and i told where we had the argument about culture in china 
Yeah. The difference between culture and the government over there now. Yeah. And I, yeah. I still think we're, it's re- we're not going to go there. But no, uh, but I think but, it's still, uh, I, the, I think yeah, it's re- you're you're definitely right. But like what you said that that makes it relative or relevant, I should say. Um, and I think culturally, we're very stagnant, and that's why Hollywood has no ideas. Their only idea is redo, remake, repaint. You know. Right. And, and the only culture we have now that culturally or creatively, culturally, because, again, culturally, how, we're how many we're out of well, how, there's creative people out there making things, but well, yeah, there are creative people, but making, they're not, but things, they don't but, get it too far up the line, you know, because yeah. Hollywood won't take chances except on things that somebody has paid a lot of money to make happen. You know, they don't take chances. They only want to put out the blockbusters. They don't care about the small shit. If they do, it ends up getting on the Netflix or something like that directly. Like, Prey. Prey is a fantastic movie. You know, somebody spent a lot of money on, but it didn't really go to theaters. They probably didn't really want to put, you know, a real chance on it, as it were. You know, well, given the Predator before it, I could understand that. But, um, I don't know. It's like, maybe it's just we need to get fresh blood in charge of studios that are that are less on one particular side of things and right. are open to new actual ideas you know and not just worried about making sure whatever sliver a percentage of something is made sure to be on the front of the cover of the thing you know because that's yeah. it's like stop making movies by committee stop making tv shows by twitter stop editing things based on what china wants just let creators create and give them the ability to do it and then judge whether or not it's crap when it happens, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, we used to do yeah, that. Half of the eighties would never have happened if there weren't, if there weren't studios willing to take chances on things. Yeah. And I mean, like back then they had to come up with new shit because otherwise it's just going to be re revamp, recolored things from the fifties. Right. You know, because nobody wanted to acknowledge the 60s and 70s just happened in the 80s. They wanted to move on. We're like, no, no, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> it's like 80s, new, dark, grungy. We need things like that. We can't do this colorful, sunshine, huggy bullshit with all the drugs. Dark, gritty. Yeah. Bullets. Yeah. It's, it's, it <laughs> and that's is... not a complaint. I'm just saying that that's basically what they did. Yeah. And I'm not saying like we need to. And, and again, you know, we same thing about... with Power Rangers. Yeah. Just stop yeah, I mean, doing styles. There's certain style there's certain styles to things. Yeah. It is it is it Soap is box. definitely formulaic. It yeah. is definitely formulaic. And, and so we need to break the formula. How do we get out of that formula? Yes. Break yes. the formula. We, and and I think and I think the funny thing is, is that there are TV shows on Amazon, on Netflix that are technically breaking the formula even while working within a good chunk of it. It's like Stranger Things was kind of formulaic. And then a lot of people say, it's, well, they're just basing it on nostalgia. It's like, yes, but they're doing a good thing within that frame of reference. Right. It's like all they did was set the show in 1984 to 1986, 1987. And they just let you know that, hey, by the way, remember when you lived through that? Imagine the shit if you went through it. It's really what it was for. But it was made right. for all ages. But they made a good show with it. The boys being a, a somewhat fresh take on superheroes is doing the Lord's work when it comes to actually making a TV show that most people can enjoy, despite how divisive it really is. 
Like oh, yes and no. I also I also attribute like Kick Ass to that. Yes. Um, as Kick Ass came out the, some, the, seven years earlier, the ultra violent, more r- realistic, gritty yeah. take on superheroes. You or know. if you wanted to go even, you know, you could even say from a Marvel take that would be Blade mm-hmm. or, you know, any any movie where, again, they were willing to take the chance of taking what what was a comic character or something that was written or or even in art form and put it into that media. Yeah. But they were willing to take the chance of not worrying what people cared. So I want to point out something about Blade and, I, and I'll see... If you if you recognize this or not, as the Blade trilogy moved through time, did you notice that they happened to surround Blade with more and more white people to help him? Oh, very much so. But his main source of help was a black woman in the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, I I don't think I ever point, thought about that. Especially in Trinity, where it's like, hey, here's a whole team of white people to make your job easier. Except they just made things worse. But we got... I mean, it is Ryan Reynolds, so come on. Yeah, but I mean... We'll we'll give the Canadian a a little bit of a break here. But Jessica Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel. In those Mm -hmm, tight mm -hmm, leather mm -hmm. pants. Yeah. No, you're absolutely... Either way, uh, what was I saying? Yes. Uh, And and Chris Christopherson, (laughs) we had to keep him in there for as long as possible. Though I don't think that was a bad thing. Chris Christopherson. He was Whistler. Yep. No, yeah. I know. Oh, I thought you asked a question. Chris. I'm sorry. You said no, it's no, that's not a who is. That's, not, that's yeah. a statement. I miss. I misheard that you. Apologies. That is not a question. I was like, I know no, you're Chris not. Christopherson. <laughs> Chris Christopherson is a statement. Yes. Yes. Not a question. Much like Sam Elliott is a statement. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I am getting tired of hearing Sam Elliott do commercials. You know? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Because I hear his voice all over the place for different types of radio commercials. And I'm like, how does he still need this much money? Like, he sold a million and a half Fords or Dodges or whatever he was selling. Then he's been in God knows how many movies and TV shows. Like, huge, like, cultural movies. Like, you're telling me he has to do ads for some type of diabetic medicine or life insurance now? Like, what the fuck? It's like you have an iconic voice and an iconic mustache. Right. And I will it's, never it's, forget. It, it, it's the gravelly voice. It is the, it is the gravelly bringing, voice. He's bringing the gravitas yeah. to your product. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the main reason I'm laughing is because I'm thinking about CinemaSins, everything wrong with, um, is it a, a Star is Born? Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. My gosh, yes. Him, him, and Brad Bradley Cooper having a gravelly voice off, back and forth. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like I had to turn up the volume here because I can't even tell what they're saying because they're just talking to each other in such low tones. Exactly. You're you're not like Dad. You're just <laughs> you're just like him. Either way. So uh, that's that seems like a pretty good point to to stop that conversation. Um, let's talk about our weeks. Since there's only just the two of us and we have time. Oh wow! It's been you a while. Go first? Yeah, you can go first if you want. Uh, okay. Um. So yeah, last uh, last, it's been it's been busy. Yeah. Um. So last week was was my birthday on uh, Labor Day, and it was quite nice. Um. Did you I labor? A couple... No. Um. It was we just kind of chilled and 
uh, had some, my favorite restaurant is, is Red Robin. Um, I love a good burger, especially yeah. when it's free for your birthday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got surprised. Um, my, the, my wife invited some, uh, an old friend of mine who lives near, near to us. Uh, and so she surprised us, uh, over there and we had some other friends show up. So it actually felt like a pretty nice, normal, normal birthday. Um, so what kind of burger did you get? Oh, the uh, Whiskey Smokehouse. Okay, so that's acceptable Absolutely. there. Like, I've only been to Red Robin like a handful of times. Every time we go down to the uh, the Improv, there's a Red Robin next door. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll go there. Especially if we get there early. You know, we show up like an hour, hour and a half before the show, get some food. Because do not pay for food at the Improv. Right. <laughs> do, do not. But yeah, yeah no, that, Red that, Robin, Red Robin's on my, on one of my, it's not on terrible. my top five list. It's not, it's no, it's on my top five list of, of good places I mean, to go for a hamburger. I mean, I think I make better burgers, but you know, that's me. Oh well, yeah. No, there's nothing like home cooked, but yes. So you need um, to, so you, yeah, so you need to try my Wagyu Oklahoma onion burgers. Uh, uh-huh. I need that recipe. Yeah. We talked about um, it on the food yeah. episode, so we gotta go back and reload. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but no, I got some, uh, got some nice little gifts. Um, I got a, an Optimus Prime coffee mug from, Ooh. uh, from the youngest and, uh, a set of the Royal Mail Transformer stamp set Oh, from, uh, from the wife. Cause that's what I asked for. That's pretty cool. So yeah, they arrived. Oh, um, they actually speak, arrived. speaking of Royal Mail, <laughs> RIP Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, sorry. Well, they it actually they actually arrived on the date of her uh, of her departure from the earth. Yes. Mm, so yes. So we did miss um, that. We did miss that in the yeah. last week. A lot. Of, a lot realistically, last week was insane. It was like, a lot of news. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, just life. For sure. Like I'll talk yeah. about my end. Yeah, for for sure. Um, but yeah, no. Otherwise, like it was. It was just a very. It was a very nice birthday, and then. Um, we are just working, we're, we've got the car, one of our cars in the shop because, uh, apparently we cracked a ball bearing on the front end, um, hitting Explain. a pothole. Wheel bearing? Uh, yeah. Oh, so, no, ball joint. Uh, you popped a ball joint. ball joint, yeah. Yeah, it's like ball yeah. bearing. I was like, no. Ball, ball joint, sorry. Ball joint. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, part of, part of, part of the, uh, part of the front suspension assembly yeah, the but... suspension yeah yeah that's the not car too was making a, car was making a rattling noise mm-hmm. we took it to one shop they said well let us replace this one part and they mm-hmm. replaced the part and it didn't help it was still rattling around and this this all occurred because uh we accidentally had uh hit a, a pretty nasty pothole that's usually what does it um yeah and so they the the car shop said well you know what let's try oh let's get the the you know front strut piece replaced and we'll do that for you we'll get the part and we'll replace it for you no mm-hmm. charge which was very nice and so they did that and they replaced the struts and then we took the car back from them and uh when you turn the wheel it started creaking like an old boat in mm. the rain yep so um it was a little it's just a little too tight and my wife was like um you know what i'm gonna take it to the dealership and you, see what they say you know what you know what that noise is a lot of times it's just the spring rubbing yeah yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. It's, and it's not yeah. even doing anything bad because I, I did this on the wife's car. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, yes, the, old, the struts and everything were wore out. And the uh, there's a little kind of rubber seat that things sit in usually to keep things quiet and not moving much. And all it was is when right. you turned a certain degree, it just made that spring just turn one little more creak than it felt like doing. 
It wasn't doing anything mm-hmm. out of the normal, but it was just creaking for that reason. Right. Yeah. In case you don't know, I'm a train mechanic. Oh, excellent. I did not know that. Yes. But yes, um, so now we have it in the shop, and um, they actually had originally were, were telling us it was going to be a month before they could get the part because it was mm. on back order, but... They did actually manage to get it, and uh, it's being installed. But we have a loaner so, at the moment. So it was the lower ball joint on the front driver's side, if I had to guess. And yeah. uh, they went uh, for the passengers actually. Oh, it was yeah. passenger. Okay. Oh, that, yeah. oh, that makes sense. You had a pothole you couldn't see. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you had the passenger side. That is kind of annoying. Uh, uh, what kind of car? Uh, it's a Subaru. Subaru it's a Subaru what? Ascent. So it's a, oh, it's one of the okay. Yeah. That yeah, would explain why they couldn't get the parts so fast. Yeah, because yeah. it's a newer, it's a newer type, it's a newer type of Subaru. And those use lower, yeah, okay. I'm thinking about the, how the suspension is laid out. Yeah, so lower ball joint pumped, got to replace the strut. But really, you don't have to replace the strut unless something was damaged there. It depends on uh, if the knuckle got jacked up. So I mean, yeah, yeah they, they may or may not have taken you for possible. a ride. Well, I mean, they're doing the repair. We're just, you know, we're we're paying for the part, and we're going to take it back for the whole creaking bit yeah, to the yeah. other place. And they they said they would fix it without a problem. But yeah, you know, the car's in the shop, and thankfully we have a loaner. But we also have a second car that we barely use anyway, so mm. it's not a big deal. It's just more of a imposition to the whole effect of everything. It makes your um, it makes your pocketbook itch is what it does yeah no kidding that's basically what it boils down to well dude the last time i put my car in a shop it cost me eleven hundred dollars yeah well i mean that's usually for wheel bearings right because they're from my car is so old that they don't just have them so it took them a few days to get them in the first place and then uh because in dodge's infinite wisdom they did not make the bearing assembly part of the hub they actually made it to where you have to press it on and take it off instead of just selling the whole goddamn thing as a set. They have to put in all that extra labor to just swap that, it over. And, and you just mentioned the one name of a car brand I will never buy again. We had a Dodge. Mm-hmm. I did most of the work on that myself. I and think, I, think uh, you found I told problem. myself never again after about the third time I had to go in there. What car was it? Oh, it was a Dodge Neon. I knew you were going to fucking say Neon. Yeah. You know, I've owned a Dodge Neon since 1999. Whoever designed designed that must have literally had their head screwed on. Wait, hold on. What year, though? Uh, 90s or 2000s? 90s. Actually, I'm sorry, 2001. Gotcha. Okay, 2001 was the second gen, which was plagued with a lot of problems, and they just swapped it over. And it, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with you. There was a lot of badness in the early. Yeah, when the you early have to second go, gens. when you have to go at certain at certain modules from the from the passenger sidewall sidewall. Yep. You know, uh-huh. passenger sidewall to get to stuff. So yeah, that. W- so, uh, little known fact, I've been I've had neons since I. Uh, graduated uh, from high school, so 2001. I had a 95 Neon. It was my, only my second car ever. I actually bought this one. It's the first one I ever purchased. I had that particular car until five years ago. Like, so it was... It, was, it lasted. It lasted. Well, it was modified. I modified the shit out of it, you know? Uh, and in fact, I had I had three first gen neons at one point. I bought a third one that I was going to work on because I'd never had a four door, 
and I ended up selling it to a friend because I just didn't really need it. And my cousin had fucked it up. I didn't feel like messing with it. And uh, so he fixed it up, gave it to his little brother. And so I took my two first gen or my, my two doors and one was made a show car. The other one was made for driving, built suspension, built motor, all the good stuff. And then eventually I just combined the two. You know, took all the good running gear, put it in the pretty car. <laughs> put it in the right. Yeah, and then let it sit there for way too fucking long. And then eventually it got to the point where I'm like, look, I miss this car. I don't drive it. I don't do anything. It hasn't even been registered in more than a decade. It's like, I need to do something. And so I'm like, I'm either going to sell the car as is or uh, junk it, you know, which seems terrible. So a friend of mine happened to be getting rid of a... Uh, a shell, like a just bare shell that he had picked up that actually belonged to one of the guys who worked for uh, Mopar designing suspension and race parts. And mm. that car was used as a test bed for brakes and suspension in Arizona back in the late 90s. So that that particular vehicle, even though now completely stripped, had some pedigree to it. And it doesn't sound like much, but it's actually kind of cool. And it was an ACR, so the American Club Racing version. So it should have been yeah. significantly so it sporty. Had a lot, it had a lot of non-spec parts in there it, that would have been it would that have. would have been a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, on the average. Yes. Yeah. So, so for the layman out there listening. Yes. So what I did was I traded him some parts that I had laying around, and I took that shell home, and I stripped my old car of like everything that I could transfer over. Like, I mean, it had nothing. There was no interior. There was no windshield. There was no suspension. Or there was a bare minimum of suspension to keep the wheels on, but that's it. No steering, no engine, no nothing. And I transferred everything from my car into that one. Right. And got it running. Uh, had some electrical gremlins I could not track down. Uh, like with the turn signals and stuff like that, they're really annoying the hell out of me. But, I mean, like, that is the most amount of work I've ever done. Because I never took apart the car to that much of a level. You know, stripping it. And then I ended up uh, trashing the original car. Because couldn't do anything with the empty shell at this point, you know. So, I, you know, I already had the title and everything for this one. So I said, screw it, I'll just make a daily out of it. And at this point, I bought my current car. Which is an 04 uh, SRT4. So, still a neon technically, but not a name. But, you know, turbo, five-speed, all the goodness. Um, so, that's where all my time and effort has been going instead of the old car. So, the old car just sitting in my mom's house, not right. doing anything with it. But, like, I've learned a lot about neons. But uh, I feel you on the second gen because I bought one, or I made my girlfriend buy one uh, back in the day. And she paid too much fucking money for it like an idiot. If, if I had gone with her, she would not have bought that car. But she bought it while I was at work. And she paid way too much for it. There's title problems. Right. Um, and then I had to work on it. So I feel you on the mechanical problem because I had to. Uh, the last thing I did on it was put in a new timing system. Mm. Because it came apart on me. But prior to that, I had to put a whole new catalytic converter on it. Because the old one had completely deteriorated, and something I've never seen before, and I, Facebook reminded me of this, I couldn't. She was she was running so much back pressure, like everything's boiling out the top. And I was like, "What the hell?" 
and I finally dropped the exhaust. I pulled that cat off, and there's a chunk of the inner material sitting sideways up inside where it meets up to the header. Oh, like it had exploded and turned and blocked it completely. So fun times, but that gave me the ability to put on some new exhaust on there that I already had laying around. So it sounded really good yeah. after that. The AC no, worked. I like to. Th- I- I like to think I'm pretty. Well. I like to think I'm pretty, um, or at least you know, semi moderately competent enough. I mean, there's a YouTube video for everything. Yes. But I mean, I've done, I've done, I've done, you know, I've done sensor replacements, and but I've never had to like, you know, completely, re- complete, and I've done timing belt replacements. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I don't do my old, my own oil changes. I'm not, you know. We don't have the lifts and all that. Yeah, it. it's annoying. But uh, you know, most of the time, like we we try to keep our cars in in decent shape, and we've had three years of not really running around in them, so we haven't exactly True. put a bunch of uh, a bunch of mileage on them. Yeah, but we're you know it's uh, yeah when when we hit the pothole, it was sort of like oh no our baby um, because mm-hmm. we do really like our, we do really like this this Subaru. Subaru. Um, we've been thinking about getting one eventually not one of yeah. those but a subaru yeah i mean they're they're quite good and so yeah so yeah car in the shop but um otherwise though i've been um i've actually been going through cleaning up quite a bit out of my uh out of my out of my office box wise and stuff i wound up opening up a box and uh of of stuff that i had that we had moved but I never had like gone into until I started opening up the collect, you know, for collections, my collection shelves. And I was like, oh, here's the figures that I was looking for and another six that I didn't even remember that I had. So I was like, I wound up with six whole other figures on top of what I had gotten or what I had, what I was originally looking for. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's quite nice. Um, a lot of reading. Um, I actually <clears throat> finished, um, two books um one was a doctor who book um the silent stars go by which is actually a uh it's a 11th doctor novel it's quite good um and also uh one that i got from the library um that it was a it, it was written as a radio play and so um it was it's called Tempest Runner, and it's part of the uh, the High Republic series. Okay. Um, so it's it is it is new canon um, or current canon, um, but it was written as a as a a radio play with VFX and the whole nine yards. It's written as a script, and I found myself um, mm. kind of not put off by it just this is a different format of reading like you know it's the difference between reading a book versus reading an actual like play yeah isn't that what happened um, with that uh that harry potter sequel story uh yeah uh, what was it called the something child yeah 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 i know exactly what you're yeah but it was written as a script it was written as a play written as a play right and and not and they put it out in a novel form and it's like uh yeah it's more like a textbook at this point and so this one was called Tempest Runner, um, and it it was it turned out even if it, it was a very thick book, but it was a very quick read through, um, and it was How quite it was actually it? enjoyable because I think found it was actually more enjoyable than a standard book because it wasn't you're reading it like a play and you're also reading it you find yourself reading it in the voices of the characters that you think. <laughs> well, I, I think I think everybody does that, like whether they mean to or not. You know, they somehow associate, right. even if it's a character they've never 
heard in a very literal right. sense, they will somehow assign a voice. Right. You know, yeah, whether exactly. it's whether it's another character that you already know or, you know, something, you know. I was like, eh, this sounds like this. It's, especially if there's not a descriptor about, like, their accent or something like that. You know, right. you just put put some some kind of sauce on it in your head. Yeah. And I find, especially with character novels or any type of... Because I read a lot, you know, my, my tendencies fluctuate more towards science fiction. Um, I tend to find myself reading certain things in certain characters' voices or in their inflections. So, so let, um, let me ask you real quick, though, since you talked mm-hmm. about that uh, Doctor Who novel or book. Yeah. Um, do you think that the mainstream audience will ever accept Chibnall's run as canon? Oh, that's a very good question. Because um, the more the more I'm hearing about it, especially when it comes to the Timeless Child shit... There's a lot of unhappy Whovians. I'm not going to pretend I'm not one of them. I'm not saying I'm unhappy. I just, I think that they need to go back on it and find some way to fix it. I mean, how do you, how do you, even if it is, well, I mean, there's plenty, there's actually a, there's actually a couple of ways that it could be fixed in that they could go from a, um, alternate universe time timeline yeah because again the whole point the whole purpose of of doctor who and particularly the tardis is that it is um relative dimensions to what yeah but i mean consider but what what do we do do we go back to where capaldi right went out yeah and and just pretend that jody's never happened i mean like because because the biggest problem we have now is that with the concept of the timeless child without going into too much spoilers it it kicked open a very narrow doorway mm-hmm. like it was already a very narrow narrative doorway and they just said fuck that we're just gonna kick it wide open so we can do whatever we want and it's like yeah well, so we can introduce I as many versions I of the doctor and and, yeah. and try to recreate things that weren't part of the or or make excuses plus years or make excuses for it you know they're like right oh well this was just because of this now it's like oh but this is what's here and you know oh, that doesn't matter uh very recently i got i didn't i won't say i got into an argument but i was privy to an argument on the internet about whether or not uh the doctor's daughter quote unquote unquote uh technically regenerated when she came back to life or it was the quote unquote the source just bringing her back to life as it terraformed everything else. Like that's a legitimate argument. Uh, it is a legitimate argument. And, but if you're also going by the whole, the doctor gets an unlimited period, uh, up to 12 hours to regenerate. Yeah. And I'm looking Ni- at, I'm looking uh, at first ni- 19 original. hours. Yeah. The first yeah. 19 hours. Right. Especially when, ten, you know, when David Tennant's doctor regenerated an entire arm. Yeah. So, um, and then which an entire, also and then an entire person, crisis, right? An entire person, right? So, so the, the, and, uh, and just on that argument front, what I found in a, in a very, very short Google search was that the art, the, the original article that made the claim that it was the, uh, the source, not her regenerating, 
mm-hmm. is not. It literally states in the wiki is like this article and or the, whoever wrote this article is not seen as an official source of canon right. articles for this wiki, but we're quoting it anyways. It's like so. Wait, you said you're not going to use it as a legitimate source, or no pun intended, but you're referencing it, and therefore people have that idea in their head now. Yeah, well, there's also there's there's other ways to approach it too because again, where you're looking where, and this is where my reading I've been reading material. Um, one of the I've been reading actually the TARDIS handbook, mm-hmm. um, and you know they they go in. There's a lot of it, it's very it's very meta and how they go into it. You know, case study of the TARDIS, and really it's just one giant advertisement for the show as a whole, but. Um, you know, they do talk about Artron energy and the fact that, you know, that any, that time Lords in particular have a, have a very specific, um, link to the eye of harmony and to the Artron energy that's generated by the TARDIS. And there's all this, there's, there's all this, I'm going to call it techno babble, but it it is techno babble to, to the extent that it is being used for the purposes of this universe. It's who've no battle. Here is the other way that they could go back on the Chibnall piece Mm -hmm. which is to say that the master was actually being duped by the time lords and that he is actually the timeless child because that is what a lot of people originally expected it to be and is it possible yes does it make any sense no would it recon certain things yes would it help Eh. but then again it even if they say it is the master there's already precedence for this set even way back in the old run uh where the doctor had memories that he couldn't he didn't know where they right. were coming from so yeah, it's 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 it, it's 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 so while so the and, and and don't get me wrong the idea of it is interesting without going into spoilers but how it was applied really was was ham-fisted is, yes. is super ham-fisted and i it's, think it's very ham-fisted i yes. think honestly if the timeless child was going to be an actual gimmick within this universe it should not have been the doctor no because i think the doctor is special enough on his own or her own and i'm not gonna say they like they've been saying on the internet lately it's like the doctor is either a he or a she at any given point no point saying they just no you can just, just say the doctor the doctor enough yeah, yeah. I mean, third person matter, yeah Literally, we can yeah. we already have this covered. Time Lord, Time Lord, Time Lords can choose the form that they want, or they can also, or it's also a lottery. We know this. It, sometimes it's random, and he's still yes. not a ginger. But seriously though, this was their opportunity as well to finally make the Doctor a ginger. And, yeah, very true. But now but they're going, again, they, now they're they, going in a very different just, direction. Everybody would have just compared compared the new version of Doctor to Amy Pond and would have said, "Well, you know, you're just well." Amy well, Pond the whole point is the whole the whole thing is is that whenever he regenerated into Peter Capaldi, it's to remind himself of the time that he ran into a person. Mm-hmm, that, exactly right. So for him yeah. to eventually, you know, become a ginger because of Amy, I don't think that's a terrible idea, you know. But you know. It is what it is. And it's not like I have to have the doctor to... Not even to be sexist about it, though. It's just like... Yeah. No, but to to answer your original question... Oh, yes, go ahead. Should they do away with the Chibnall piece of the title? Should they do away with everything that was Chibnall? They're they're not going to Dallas it, right? No, but I I think, like, I I do feel like the Timeless... I do feel like the Timeless Child piece needs to be worked out and not in a too two line way 
Yeah. Um, and by two line way, I mean you're just saying something to basically write it off. I think that's cheap. But um, the question is, there do is they take it away them. now? Like now that they've established what it is, I do they take they, it away? I don't think they particularly need to because they could create a story out of it that does work. But it takes the right writer to do that. It takes yeah, the right I guess, I guess to so. think about how this all works. And I don't and know it, if and, and, and the sad part is these these peop these are people and especially I think of the people that have played the doctor, whether it's you know, whether whether it's um, you know, uh David Tennant or 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 Christopher Eccleston or or Peter Capaldi or Matt Smith. These are people that that absolutely love the characters as children. They absolutely, you know, they've take they took that to themselves. The writers too, whether it's you know whether it's whether it's Chibnall or um, oh, what's his name RTD uh, RTD yeah. taking over. You know it. These are people that know the lore they should be able to work this out in a way that it it will my, be a better story my worry my worry for this and it's kind of my worry when it comes to a lot of long-running stories where canon has to be handed off is that mm. there are there's going to be requirements for the new person coming in and be like nope you have to stick with this this and this and I feel like when they got to Chibnall, they didn't say you have to stick with anything. It was like, yeah. here's full run of everything. And don't get me wrong, Chibnall's done some good work. Like, there's yeah. there's plenty of fantastic shows he's done, he's been showrunner of or written on, you mm -hmm. know, or even some some Who episodes. Yeah, great. But but it's yeah. like with this one, I think it was just the wrong era. Like it was just like it was it was the wrong era to come in and redo Doctor Who in in this manner i mean i have not watched it yeah. like since that first whitaker season and i did and mm -hmm. did i finish it uh i, I haven't had it i have not had a chance to to watch anything of the flux um no i haven't watched I, I mean pieces. i haven't watched since that new random dalek episode that was that that new year's mm -hmm. episode that year the new year's episode yeah, yeah that, 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 the same that was the last thing i watched and i wasn't interested at that yeah. point it, it for, for it me it's just me purely out. because i haven't yeah, for me it's just purely because we we don't the the we don't have standard cable for the BBC and whatnot, so Fair point. I haven't had a chance to. Um, but, for for me but, it was just they were there wasn't didn't seem like an overarching story for that season. Mm -hmm. It seemed like they correct, were just yes. built they were just building to whatever they wanted to the next two seasons or series, however you want to say it, and then. Like I, I couldn't even be drawn back in by the fact that Captain Jack Jack Harkness came back for an episode, right? And also, right. enormous missed opportunity there, you know. And every, right. you know, but right, it's just like it, there was tortured, tortured forever. There people. was there was a whole lot of I don't even want to say it was wokeness, but there was a whole lot of social justicey stuff that goes yeah, that was beyond it was a lot of those overarching yeah mm -hmm. but it was going beyond normal doctor who commentary on social situations yeah. because they weren't they were almost never an alien context it was almost a hundred percent a human contextual thing yeah we're like, ruining you're ruining the earth yeah look at curb land yeah. look at um look at uh there's a couple of them that come to mind yeah exactly it was like look yeah. it's humans are the problem white people are racist men are pigs 
right. especially when they are pigs. But that was a long time ago. Yeah, um, I think in New I, York. I feel I felt like going they sh- and this is partially where I where my nostalgia factor for the series comes into and honestly watching some of the old or reading some of the older um, stories like the eight doctors and reading some of the oh, books yeah. in more recent times. Like there's, I feel like serialization should be what they try to go back to for it because it would give them the ability to stretch a story out more to give it more meat. Um, the, well, I mean, the, the, the monster of the week approach to a lot of it is, was great for certain versions. It, it works as um, in-betweens, but. Correct. Yes. It, it's like, you don't really, I don't know. When's the last time? I yeah, guess like Matt Smith's crack and crack in time because of the TARDIS. That yeah. was, that was a good arc. And um, it started the, all the way the back. Silent. At, yeah. The silent was a little muddled, but it was also a good arc. Um, there was some the, weird, weird stuff. The entire Matt Smith stuff. run, yeah. everything about Matt Smith's run was tied together to a degree. Correct. You know? yeah. And the same and, thing with David Tennant. You know, Peter, yeah. And, and Peter Capaldi with the confession dial and with the confession um, dial part was up until Clara's story. But then when we got bill, it ended up being more of a monster of the week again. Correct. But then it also just became the doctor and Missy show for like the last four episodes. And Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. The idea of trying to reform the master or finally imprisoning the master or the mistress in this case um, and don't get me wrong, Missy was a fantastic character. So it's not yeah. even about a gender swapping problem. It's just how well the character is written when you do exactly. it. Exactly. So having a female doctor was never going to be a problem as long as she was written well. And yep. I think Jody was to a degree. However, some of the stories around the doctor and then some of the characterizations of the doctor now as a woman seemed odd. Yeah, and, and and this is one thing. Like personally, as a as a fan of the of the franchise, as a fan of the this the show and the series, I think I think Jodie Whittaker did a, has done a fantastic job. I think she has oh, been. I just thought of something. I I will say it because I think uh, you look at some of you look at how how what she had to work with. Mm-hmm. You look at some of her prior work too. She put her energy into it, and and the thing about it is, she's like, in a really I, good episode of Black Mirror, right? I feel like I feel like with especially with a character like the Doctor, and I'm going to use Peter Capaldi's run. Capaldi did not really come into his own until his last season, and it's because certain. Mm. And and I'm going to use uh, and and the reasoning behind this is, if you watch the episodes, there are certain inflections that Capaldi starts using that are more like prior versions, prior actors that have done the yeah, Doctor. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's been pointed out. There are certain inflections that make. There are certain things that that certain ticks that make that make that character that specific character. Whether mm-hmm. it's a manicness or a um, a mindfulness to the to what the villains are doing or to playing it up, whether it's like Sylvester McCoy, who would use his enemies power to their, as a weakness, as their, as their weakness, he would be like, yeah, sure, go ahead, but you're going to destroy yourself. And they go ahead and do it and they destroy themselves anyway. And he's like, I told you so. Yeah. Um, With Capaldi, there are certain inflections, certain things that he developed in that last season. You can see, and you can kind of tell. And one of those things was, 
where he he is having a discussion with a with his with a uh with him with a another individual they're like and it's the smile that he puts on he's like you know he's talking about you know the the oh I got it now. It was where he met his the first iteration of himself. Yeah, when he was doctor. before he regenerated this in was his final Christ- episode. This was, yeah. a, this was the Christmas special, right? Yep. Right before he regenerates, and he's talking to his the, the first self, and he's like, "Well, you know, eventually we got it right, didn't we?" And he puts this smile on, and it is the Tom Baker smile. It is that wide brim smile, and you're like, "Oh my God, that is the Doctor. He's playing that." He's playing that up. And I feel like there with certain actors, when they when you develop a character that's so established, there's going to be certain ticks, and it takes them about two seasons to get into it. Because you're not sure where your footing is, you're not sure what type of character you're gonna play. Part of it is writing, but part of it is also how you deliver it's it's the actor who hasn't made it their own just yet. Right. I mean um, Matt oh, Matt Smith um, Matt Smith was so f- weird at the beginning. Like his first couple episodes, he was very, very weird and unsure of himself. And then he just right. nailed down his weirdness for the rest of it. Exactly. And know. like Tennant just took it to the to the nth level where he was still you know, angry from you, the time war. Whereas Matt Smith correct, was not. Yes. You know, he was right. he was the he was the childish version, you know. And also yeah, I think you it, had it matters. who was absolutely scarred, and you had yeah. Tennant who was still there but but but, but he was hopeful. learning to love because of Rose. Right. You know, Rose exactly. Rose changed him for the better and then same thing, you know, Donna ultimately really made the biggest effect really, on him. Yeah, exactly. And then exactly. when you get Which, to this is, you know, this is the this is also where this new this new doctor that they've announced comes in because I'm reading some of what they're going to try to introduce and that there's going to they are going to have a they are, you know, Tenant is coming back to for an episode. Weird. Um, they're also uh, going to have a rose come back. Weird. And so, yeah, it's don't so just it's play the hits. Very interesting. No. Right. Well, okay. that's no, no, no. That's just okay. It. If anything, you go to the other world. Right. And you, right. and we go see. Was it? Was it called Ten Two? What was? What? Ten Two. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So we need to go over there, and we need to check in with Ten Two and Rose. That's the only thing we need to do. Right. Do nothing else. <laughs> don't just yeah. do that, even though it's nearly impossible to get there. Um, but if you're going to do anything, play yeah, I mean, with the alternate and, and, world. But see, this is this is also where like the timeless child bit comes in because again, we've seen what null space looks like. We've seen what alternate versions, uh, alternate universe versions, you know, can potentially look like. Could it be worked in that way? Potentially. Could it be? But again, does it mean that they need to completely remove it all? I don't feel like they should because now you've put it on paper, you've put it in front of us. Do the work. Yeah. <laughs> I will do the work. What was I, I was thinking about something a second ago? Oh, I was going to say I think I think Capaldi hit his stride in the middle of his second season. Especially around this the Zygon invasion and inversion. I think that's when he solidified the doctor he was going to be, even though he still had the sunglasses. He hadn't got his new uh Sonic yet, which also didn't last very long, which is really annoying because that was a really cool Sonic. Sorry, I needed a quick mute there. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard what was up. I just that's why I was letting it pause so I could cut it. But um, I think that's where Capaldi found his stride. I see. I I kind of get what you mean 
what you were saying, but I think like right. he leveled out the character he wanted to be. Then I think with the being on his new regeneration cycle really messed with him at first, like psychologically, mm-hmm. he literally didn't know how it was. Remember when he asked Clara is like, am I a good man? And you know, right. she didn't know how to answer it. One fantastic writing for the first, like first or second episode. Um, but also the idea that he was now anchored to Clara, she stayed on earth and he was coming back to visit her. Yeah. Instead well, of his also, companion it, running along with him, you know, yeah. and and I think part of it too is oh, um, then the whole Danny this Pink was a line situation. That, this was a line that was written in was that you know, he goes, "I'm so tired. I'm mm-hmm. so it's I've lived so long. I've lived longer than most people should." Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, well, this is this is now you know now you're getting into somebody that's thousands of years old. That is, yeah, you know, two, that has seen years. everything. 2000 right. years He's old seen everything it, you know it everything has happened so how do you write somebody like that as, you know where where they have like this infinite lifespan practically do you, do you know what the the timeless child probably could have been this is the other idea i had hmm. it could have been a modification as it were of jack because we know jack lived for billions of years before he became the face of Bo. So what if one of his quote-unquote modifications or evolutions was into a small child who couldn't die? Just filled with infinite life energy. That would have been interesting, but I feel like Jack Harkness is his own... I know, but I'm saying, like, we wouldn't know it was Jack until... Like, because he's now, you know, who knows how long he True. lasted and looking it's not like, like himself. There are, right, and it's not like we don't have... Um, it's not like we don't have other, other TARDIS... Or what capsules would have, out there. What could have been interesting if they really wanted to play on the fans, if Jack met Jenny, which I know in the comics he did, but they right. got together and they had a kid somehow. Right. That would be Thumbnail, really right. inter- a a functional immortal mm-hmm. cursed with life with a mostly Time Lord person. Right. Well, actually, technically, she's more... I don't know, because the weird part about Jenny is that they... Something I learned is that Gallifreyan and Time Lord aren't interchangeable. Time Lords are very specific. They're the ones who can regenerate, all that, mm-hmm. due to their exposure to the Tempered Schism, all that, or right. the research into the Timeless Child, either way. So it would have been interesting to see what would happen if, the, because her storyline was just completely abandoned in the show as it is. Yeah, um, but she has a lot of, she actually has, There's there's there are two audio stories in a comic mm-hmm. line. It's it's very long running. I mean, she even interacted with old, like almost every iteration of the doctor at some point. Mm -hmm. Yet he has no memory of her. Right. So very interesting how that works. She's kind of the, she's kind of the comic version of Clara in a way. Yes. Yes. Um, And also something I point out uh, with Clara is that they were so clever when they wrote her storyline that I think one of the very first lines she ever uttered also ties in all the way back to where she quote unquote dies in the day of the doctor. Right. And that is, I don't know where I am. And then once you realize that the reason, of course, all of these Claras he's run into have said this, and then she ends up saying it because of the situation she gets into, then it totally makes sense. Yeah. I was like, I cannot believe they fucking wrote that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was quite good. It was yeah. quite well done. Yeah. That's what I was getting. I was like, nothing hooked me about Jodie Whittaker's run. 
like I was, and it's not like I was an averse, averse to the characters. I always give a, a, you know, I give the whole season a try, Mm -hmm. but it never hooked me. Yeah. And I was like, I think it was just, it was the writing. I mean, like you had good characters, you had interesting situations, you know, new things brought up. I'm like, okay, what's going on with the doctor? Okay. Now we run into this weird, uh, temporal thief dude, you know, that comes back here and there. We go over interesting issues that have happened before, you know, we somehow get a Dalek back again. You know, all mm-hmm. these things should have been good enough, but it just right. wasn't. And I, and I don't know if it's because you had a man writing for a woman and that doesn't really work that way. You know, you generally want a woman to write for a woman uh, so that you actually get some of that stuff across. No, you know? I think it's I think it's purely the writing in terms of what what you're what you have to dialogue have too. some the dialogue right it's kind of yeah, yeah there's there's just there, too many characters the, too many companions the for fam. companion cast too many too much and and not to say that they weren't that the companions weren't great they are great. just too many of them at they're once just too many of them um right yeah mixing it in so far and so fast was too was just a, a step it, yeah. it just did not jive it didn't it didn't gel well no um but yeah no i that that ain't that's to answer your question but like otherwise like media wise i um i did get a chance to watch um thor love and thunder and this will start uh, yes. also as segment i will call shoki was right best segment um ever please if you get a chance i will tell you um go watch the movie if you feel like you have a need to be completely annoyed and then go watch Shoki's review of it. And uh, you will find yourself in complete agreement. Um, honestly, it is, uh, I thought, and I think I mentioned this, I think I thought Eternals was kind of the worst of the, the, the bottom <clears throat> of my, my Marvel movie list. Um, but Thor is a very close right behind it. Thor four. See, I still, I still put um, Eternals below that because they, have yeah, I mean, it's the, below it, that, but it's, yeah. but it, it is darn, it is. It oh, is okay. Sorry. I misheard you. Hard. Yeah. 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 So yeah, no, it, it's trying real hard. Yeah. Comparatively, um, like people hate Iron Man three somehow is like, no, no, no. It's like no. Iron Man three has nothing on Eternals and, Thor, but Thor is also right. really bad for a different reason to Eternals. Yeah, like yeah, Eternals just, was a, it's was too much. It's too much stick. It's too much slapstick. That, yeah. It's too much. And, and Eternals it, was all the right ingredients, but put in in the wrong way. It's too. And then, it and was then, too big a cast, and then baked on the wrong setting. Yeah, it was too big a cast for with Eternals, but oh my gosh, Thor does, did not. Oh, Thor so go watch my Eternals Thunder. review then. Go, I'll tell you, go watch my Eternals <laughs> yeah. review because I point out the obvious. Yeah. The yeah. the deviants are completely unnecessary to the story at all. Mm-hmm. Completely. Yeah, it could have just been an in-battle. An in-battle it could have been an infighting between them and the deviants weren't even necessary. Crow... Yeah. The most wasted character in that whole damn movie. Dane Whitman did more in that movie than the so-called antagonist of Crow. Yeah. Except that Crow actually killed some people. Dane, on the other hand, was just there to be Cersei distraction. But still better. Much better character. There was some development there. Like... And, but love and, and thunder like it didn't know where it wanted to be like it no. just did not it didn't know if it wanted to be a slapstick comedy and, and we've gone it on didn't know if it, it wanted to be serious it didn't and um i uh you, 
I don't know if you'll post the the um, the deleted scene, but you should. Oh, I could, yeah. That in the, one with, in, the sh- uh, in the show notes because yeah. um, there's a deleted scene to it that would have if it changes if it had so taken much. Taken that tone, yeah. If they had taken that tone, it would have made the movie like, so much better. Where, because like, where did that scene come from? That this movie was the end result. Like that that whole scene right. with uh, Zeus. Means yeah. that they or, didn't, or as you like to call it, dad bod gladiator. Yeah, dad, exactly. Um, that whole scene with Zeus where he's teaching Thor to use lightning bolt, which means he didn't think he had killed him, which means he didn't steal it, or maybe they stole it and he came back later and said, Okay, I understand what's going on. We have no context for how that happened, but I love the idea that Mjolnir wasn't with Jane, that it actually came to come get her. And she changed, and then they went together to go do the thing. And she didn't come in to rescue him at the end. Very different context for the end of that movie. Yeah. Like, I, ha- I have a feeling that version of the movie did not include that final battle with the kids. Yeah, I would agree. And and this is also partial Ricky was right, because he was right. The movie is bad. Yeah, Ricky's not wrong. It is bad, and it should feel bad. <laughs> it should feel bad for what it did. <laughs> it's like... It's like I'm not mad. I'm just very disappointed, Thor. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, I, but and, like, and, and, because okay, and so here's the part that annoys me about this movie. Now that you brought it up, with the context of this thing, brought up new annoyance of this extent of this extra scene. That means that Zeus could have played a slight substitute father for Thor in right. this movie instead of just being another dumb dickhead. Right. That's exactly right. And like that context. And then like, I guess it wouldn't have given us the Hercules setup necessarily. Um, Whatever. But I mean, that doesn't matter, but I'm just saying. We already have Adam Strange and everything else from the Eternals that they wanted to introduce as well. Like, come on. You didn't need Hercules on top of that. Now you're just. They forced, they forced Hercules in that final scene. But also there was no reason for Zeus to be alive. To also set up the Hercules scene. So like. Nothing they did on, uh, what was it called? Uh, the God City. Uh, oh, um, um, not, not Olympus. It's something city, yeah. but it's a, it's a pun. Yeah, it was like in, uh, Infinity City or something like that. Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, uh, it was just... I, it was I feel, overkill. I, I felt like, and I said this in my review, it's like, I feel like the gods would not have just been playing it off because they knew what was going on their lives were being threatened period so why would they not care that's the part i didn't i get that they wanted the gods to be uncaring when it came to mortals but this isn't a mortal problem this is a god problem right you know and they've already killed several hundred gods you know it's just like uh, you guys should have been taking notice you know, yeah, like were were y'all not concerned, or are you just kind of? Um, well, they, I guess they said, "Well, they'll never get you know, to dropping, us here." Dropping back a twisted tea and calling it a day. I well, mean, they were on. getting prepared for the orgy, right? To oh, be yeah, fair, of course. To be fair. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. But yeah, uh, I just yeah. Overall, it was just. No, not I. I. I don't feel like it. I think. Any, I think any characterizations I was, that they had laid out at any point 
for for even where for even where Ragnarok exactly out. they just they left everything that happened in Ragnarok and Infinity War and Endgame gone. They're just like we don't care about any of that. Right. And this and this makes me wonder what they're gonna do for Guardians three because like in theory that could give them the idea to be to have a prequel or a sequel. Well, James Gunn is doing it, not Taika. I know, but what I'm getting at is that James Gunn is doing it, which means he already had a plan to begin with, right? And so the only Correct. thing he has to modify is where Thor is in the story. So yeah, either which Thor- is again it goes back to what you mentioned about timing being a thing, because you mentioned yeah. that in your review as yeah. well. And we've mentioned this before, um, and on our, in fact, we mentioned this last on our last episode too. Yeah, where the timing was is jacked up. The timing on the and MCU is jacked. It's up. all jacked. Up. And I have a I have a video I need to do now, having watched She Hulk, because now their timeline for Shang Chi and Endgame yes, and everything and, is screwed up. Is really screwed up because there's the whole Abomination versus Wong fight. Yes. There's a there's there is a gaping hole with that, as well as to where Bruce well, and uh, where Bruce appears in the end credits of Shang Chi. So the way I look at it, and I have to watch Shang Chi to check out again is whether or not they make any references in the main movie to it being post-blip. And I don't remember if they do. So I yes, need to check. Yes, they do. It is a, it is a post-blip world. It isn't it isn't during it isn't pre and it isn't during. So everybody is, is supposed to be back post-blip. already then. Correct. Yes. So that but they never show any evidence therein. It's just you know, like there's no uh, whatever that organization is where they're moving people around trying to right, re- right, re- right the relocation, right, right. Yeah. whatever relocation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That ERG or whatever it was called, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or GRP, something like that. Either way, something like GRC. That. I think it's GRC. Global, 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 GRC, relocation, global relocation, something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I because that movie essentially stands on its own right up until the end. I think they could still make it post or during the blip mm-hmm. because it has to be now because of the retcon of when Wong took abomination, which Correct. if he only took him the once, which is less than implied, you know, mm-hmm. he right. took him to help him train to become stronger so that Wong could become Sorcerer Supreme. Wong mm-hmm. became Sorcerer Supreme during those five years of the blip. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, he sent him right back to prison because he said he wanted to go back to jail. We never saw that conversation, but it happened. So, yeah. but the thing is, for whatever reason, that footage had only just dropped then. Exactly, just so, then, just then, while she's about to accept the accept the defense for Emil Blonsky. Yeah, but considering so, he was coming back up in the news, I guess that makes sense. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, in in theory, which so, I get. You know, back to for She-Hulk, I yeah. get where they're going with this. I, I, I don't think it's anybody got a tempo. Has. It's got well, it's got a tempo, and that tempo is deal with it. <laughs> that is literally this the, is tempo the show. Of it. This is the this is literally the show for fun. This is we're watching it to create a. It's a sitcom. Who it's a sitcom. It's, it's a, a sitcom. It's a, it's a legal sitcom, and it's yeah, and it the is thing legal is, sitcom. but here's the funny part: people are so mad that it's a legal sitcom. But you know what they told you this was going to be? A legal, a legal sitcom. sitcom. It's like every yeah. single every single week just bleeds into the situation for the next. You know, it's like we get the setup for what's happening next week in the newest episode or the current episode. 
and then we deal with it generally throughout that. But then there's some leftover stuff always going in the background. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with Blonsky. She's still working on some of his stuff. If you look at her to-do list in this previous episode. Um, yeah. But now and, you... I, and honestly, like, I feel like they're, like, I absolutely love the fact that they are trolling to the trolls. That oh, my are, God. Are... Dude. The, the and, and they're doing it in a way in a that feels like it's real. They're doing it in a way that feels like it's real time. It does. They planned ahead. <laughs> okay, so ahead. so no one's really giving Marvel credit. So they go back to episode two, was it? Where the, it was the whole, the man-haters, right. like, oh, why you take it from her? Why can't you make your right, own superheroes? The, on, the on, YouTube on commentary order, yeah. on yeah, the yeah. She-Hulk videos. I was like, oh my god, they beat them to the punch. And then this past episode, they threw the uh-huh. commentary directly back at the people before they could even make it. I was like, yep. I was like, oh my god. But then also... And I know I'm in a different boat, especially from Ricky, that I am loving this show because it's irreverent, it's different, and it actually knows exactly what it is. But so many people yeah. see it as exactly the other the other way around. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. It no, knows. does it, it meet the does it meet the spirit of where the character was in the comics? Yes, for the for certain parts of the run. Yeah. Part so, of it. Yeah. But it doesn't but it doesn't for all of it, which again, this is where Depending upon your perspective, you know, we're, we, uh, I hate to be the Obi-Wan of it all, but, you know, from a certain, from point, a certain of view, point of view, yeah. it, it works for whatever you're looking for. And, but and overall, it is a, it is literally the show of, this, it's literally a show of, you know, you, you know what it is? This is, this is, you, you, oh, you huh. wanted this. But you know what it is? <laughs> but you know what it is, though? It's a comedy that serious stuff is happening around. Yeah. So this yeah. is the thing. This is the in between with the setup. But in the meantime, like what's happening directly with Jen is not supposed to be as important as what's happening around Jen. And the thing is, like, one, she's oblivious for the most part. She's curious right. about like the guys who mugged her. And obviously there was a guy who came back in in her dating episode who's like, oh, that voice sounds familiar. And there was one particular uh, Wrecking Crew member. We never saw his face. Um, is also interested if anything could pierce her skin. Hmm. Right. So we don't know who's doing that. We don't know who's in control of the Wrecking Crew. We don't know how or why Titania is being a douche nozzle on the other side to where she wants, or Titania, however you want to say her name. Um, I'll find going... the article, but I did read an article that that was actually kind of a direct. Um... Oh, it's it's in the comics. It, to well, a it's degree. not just in the comics, but it's also it's also kind of a nod to Stanley and his biggest fear about copyright. Oh, copywriting. Copyrights. Yeah. So that was okay. So anyone starting episode, uh, what was it, four this past week or five? Yeah, this episode four is the final one, right? This is episode five. four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or is it? Is it? No. I thought it was episode four. It's know. episode four because it's the last one that everyone got to see mm-hmm. prematurely. Correct. No one. No one saw. That the episode that was all about her trying to find some dude to bang would end with her being sent a cease and desist for using the name She-Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> if nothing else, <laughs> this show <laughs> plays with your expectations in a way other ones don't. Because not only do they not fulfill your expectations most of the time, they do something you've never thought was coming. At all. And I know Ricky's going to completely disagree with this. But, like... yeah. 
That's why he's not here, so he can't argue with me this week. <laughs> you, can't, you can't argue with me about the spirit of the character. And we'll, we'll save it for we'll save it for episode now, twenty-seven. Now, what was great about this particular episode was that she went to bed with that dude as She-Hulk. She marketed herself online as She-Hulk. He mm-hmm. totally got to have fun with She-Hulk, yeah. and when he woke up to Jen, she thought it wasn't going to be a big deal, and he walked the fuck out, right, leaving her with this character moment that was what we've been wanting to see. Like right. we needed to see the division. Like at first it was, I don't want to be she Hulk. I'm never going to be a Hulk. I'm not going to use my powers. I'm just going to be Jen. And now it's, I'm forced to be she Hulk just to be at my job to do all this other nonsense. Okay. Now I'm going to use she Hulk's hotness just to get laid. And now nobody wants Jen for who Jen is. So it's like, but I think there was also, there was also a big factor to, to it that they, that, they did say in episode one where Bruce is telling Jen, like, you don't have another person, another, another person there. Yeah. And you know, you, where's the other, where's the other guy? Yeah. You don't have another guy. I think she does. I think that she absolutely does have another person because there is, and you see it in partially in how she addresses things. Well, that would be a, that's a big downer for Jen. That's got to be a big downer for Jen. Mm-hmm. That's got to be, you know, she says that like she's like, yeah. I, like certain, certain attitudes, bless you. Um, certain attitudes basically are that she shows while she is she Hulk form mm-hmm. are not the same as Jen. I think yes she's, and no. I, yeah. I, it, it, to a certain extent. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not divergent. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not divergent. It's, it's how, yeah, you're right. It's how she's, uh, Applying herself differently in it, with the attitude, right? Like, like yeah. obviously but people, th- but people there is are definitely s- another. I think she's definitely de- starting to develop that schism mm-hmm. in a way. Be- and you're right; that scene is where you see that. <laughs> yeah, because she just literally because said, like, "This guy yeah. couldn't even bear to look at me, or bother right. to put his shoes on to leave. He couldn't get out of here fast enough." Not that you know Tatiana is an unattractive girl in any way, shape, or form. I mean, she's literally not She-Hulk, but, you know, I wouldn't be mad. I'd be confused. But that's also on her for not giving the pre-warning for that. Like, it's like, you know, it's like, right. it's it's almost like she needs a dual, and maybe we'll see this, a dual uh, profile. You know, like, do you want to date Jin today or you want to date She-Hulk? Because you're getting both, you know. And forewarned, when I fall asleep, this is what I turned into. So when you roll over in the morning, you know, because that happened in the comics where she slept with a dude as She-Hulk and then fell asleep, turned into Jen, and she changed back to She-Hulk before uh, he woke right. up. Because she knew right. that it would be an issue. But in a way, what I think would be funny is that they make a commentary on this, is if she learns from this, sleeps around a little bit more, but does that. So, like, she makes sure she's in She-Hulk form before the dude wakes up. Yeah, and the makeup she, in the morning. Yep. But but she makes a Miss Maisel reference. <laughs> I want I want her to be self aware enough to make the Miss Maisel reference. Shout out to Miss to Marvelous Miss Maisel. If God you have damn, not show watched it, go watch it. It's such a fantastic show. Rachel yeah. Rachel Brazan is absolutely hilarious and hot. Yeah, and hot. And 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 what other show are you going to get 
Lisa Simpson actually doing a, an actual acting role. Explain. Have you not realized, or I'm sorry, uh, actually, let's see, is it Lisa or is it Bart's voice? Neither. Oh, no. Uh, as uh, Lisa is Yearly Smith. Is Yearly Smith, but it is, uh, hold on, bringing up the cast list. Where was Ms. Maisel? Is, uh, let's see, Alex Borstein. Which is? Alex plays... Um, I mean, I know who she is, but I didn't know she was on The Simpsons for some reason. She is. Marge? Uh, Porstein. Um, yeah, Let's I definitely see. never she knew she was on The Simpsons. She is one of the voices. Uh, not Marge. Uh, no. Not Patty or Selma, although I could see that. But she'd have to really gravel her yeah, voice. She's done, she's done voices before. Before. Because I, I know Alex. She's on Family Guy. She's on. She's on Family Guy. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back. See, you you go were back. too. You were too. I was too aggressive. Yep, yep. You you yep, were Family Guy. Sorry. Yeah, you were too cocksure. That's what it was. Yep. You're like fucking Simpsons. I'm like, no, you're fucking wrong, buddy. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, take it back. We'll Lois just... Griffin. Lo... Oh, she's Lois. That makes sense. She's Lois. Yes, yes. definitely doesn't look like Lois. My bad. Dude, okay, nope. so... Yeah, Susie Meyerson. Susie Meyerson, yes. Now I got it. See? The brain brain Dude, fart okay, cleared. Seriously, if you have Amazon and you're not watching Marvelous Miss Maisel, you need to. The only thing that's hard to get used to is them knowing each other's lines as they're having a conversation. That's how they can talk <laughs> so fast and have the perfect witty retort with zero pausing. It's like, nobody well, is this quick-witted. It's also, uh, it's also a uh, 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 Amy Sherman Palladino show. Sure, sure. Gilmore but, Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Gilmore Girls. It's 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 pure. Makes every sense. show that every show that she and her husband write, her Amy and Daniel, it is it is Gilmore speak. Mm. And we are a Gilmore house. I got you. I got you. I've actually been I've actually been to the pop up Luke's diner in DC when they had it. Purely to get a shirt for my wife. I'm just gonna go over here. <laughs> but either way, no, that show is fantastic. All right. Um uh, what else you been watching? Uh, the other one was Lord actually the I did. I have watched Lord of the Rings. Okay, good. Um, I have tried to suggest it to everybody that I can because it is just a beautiful show. It better be. Uh, is it worth? <laughs> is it worth the? Is it worth the Bezos money that went into it? Is it worth my? Packages? I think it will be. I think it is. Um, it feels literally like you're watching movies every. There Every was episode. some slight wonky CG in this past episode. Like, it was like, yeah. you paid money for that? Like, I watched that. I was like, okay, <laughs> I know more. Oh, uh, oh God, what moment was it? Uh, damn it. It was a very, it was a specific standout moment. And I was like, whoa. I'm like, you guys, what happened there? Um, I will say that the first two episodes are kind of a slog. The third episode finally like making some headway, like I said, oh okay, this is the direction we're going. Then it made made goodness, you know, the whole orc stuff going on in the Southlands, and then you know now the stories are sort of kind of coming together. And mm-hmm. my biggest thing about this show is we are seeing places we've never seen on screen. Yeah, 
I'm all about it. I was like, thank God we're not retreading it. Like the remember the Shire? Wink, wink. You know, uh, remember, <laughs> remember Rivendale? Yeah. Re- uh, remember uh, Gondor? Uh, all any of these places? It's like they don't have to go there because those places aren't necessarily important yet. You know, right? And I mean, we get to what? What is the name of the the island? Uh, that where they where uh, Gladriel ended up. Oh Jesus! Yeah, um, but but it's yeah. it's that whole blessed island more or less. And now, I, dude, seriously, I'm getting really sick of this uh, elven racism, man. <laughs> I, I'm getting tired of humans hating elves like this. It's like I don't care what happened before. That's some bullshit. <laughs> No, it is it is funny though. I'm like everywhere they go, the elves definitely have problems. And now Galadriel having issues on this island that she has no concept of this is how they feel when she gets there. She's like right. and then that queen is like, Bitch, you're here, you're staying. If you try to leave, we're gonna fucking kill you. And she's like, But we gave you this island. The fuck you did. We paid for right. it in blood. And like Numenor, thank Numenor, you. yeah. Isn't thank that where uh Aragorn's technically from? Uh, so Aragorn's lineage. Well, yes, because of Isildur. From it, because of Isildur is. Yeah. Um, but Isildur actually originated from Numenor. But remember, I and not this is not to spoil it because we know what happens at the beginning of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we know where it goes. Yeah. So we know we know what happens to Isildur, mm-hmm. um, ultimately, but his he actually founds Gondor. Yeah, so Gondor doesn't which exist why, because which is which is why Numenor looks so much like Gondor uh, with the white because, tree, the giant white cliffs yeah, of the city. Isildur, yeah, Isildur actually takes a seed from the tree of Numenor mm-hmm. with him, and that ends the up king, being the king, the king's tree. Wood, the king tree. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. reminded me of Game of Thrones. No. I was like, oh yeah, it's like weirwood, but not. Yeah, so I, it's 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 all relational, and we again, this is where. Th- I I made mention of this as we were discussing in in chat. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it. We know where this is going. We know what the spoilers are. We know how. We know. We know where all of this is going. We just. To lead. We just don't know exactly what happens in this chunk of the story. Yeah, and, and, they, and they're, they're taking, taking liberties. They, they are taking some liberties. There are some original characters that were not part of. Yeah. Um, all the places though are part are actually part of Tolkien's lore. And yeah. that's those are all correct. And I like the map. Um, but, I like that we move around feel, the map. Yes, and, and the thing about it is, like, it's it's keeping me involved. It's keeping me invested. Yeah, and I love that. I it, love that. Even with even without even if it had bad set design. Yeah, the writing and you know, the pacing of it all is keeping me in. So it's keeping me invested in it. So let me ask you this: When the elves got to the Greylands, or whatever I called it, you know. Hmm. And the ship was going into the light. Right. Was that creepy to you? <laughs> it's like like they were like giving themselves up to like be absorbed into something. Like and it's like, eh, it's I like it was gonna I was gonna I was thinking it was more the like undying the undying lands, that's what veil, it is. The undying land. You know, yeah. it's the undying lands. So yeah. the undying lands kind of look like heaven quote I mean, we, unquote. we see with ultimate we see where where but, galadriel ends see, up and it is it is it is a it is hidden yeah. amongst middle earth so i wondered uh because in the first episode we see the undying lands as they were initially when then the right. war that spread from there to middle earth and they and the elves gave chase because what what i want to know 
is have the elves been back since then yes yes there are in fact they did they did say that there were elves that had that are lit that are there no i'm saying have have these have any elves that have gone to middle earth gone back to the undying lands and then came back to middle earth like or is it a one-way trip oh, um historically yes <clears throat> okay because i was wondering it was so like in the history apparently yes who would choose to leave was like the because everybody else was so desperate to go back that they basically left you know, they threw Galadriel under the bus in that first episode. <laughs> right. No, yeah. apparently there there is precedence for that. Yeah. Oh, and apparently uh uh it was slightly spoiled for me who the guy is, and I guess I'm sort of covered it in this past episode, the guy who rescued her out of the ocean mm-hmm. and is now with her, who that might be in the future. Um right. no spoilers here, but you know, wink wink, nudge nudge. Um right. So I do hope that at some point we see um, the Rings of Power actually come out in this show. Like, I don't have any clue how long this series is meant to go, but because Bezos is in charge of it, I assume that they'll just run it till they're done because there's no reason well, to cut it off. So the, just... the initial the initial offset was the the initial <clears throat> scuttle was originally 26 episodes. That's it. And then that's changed to however long, however long Jeff wants to watch it. Hopefully he's enjoying um, so it because it, it costs him a lot well, of money. Yeah. It costs a lot of money in the production most exp- time. Most so. expensive TV show ever made. Right, exactly. By a long shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. How yeah. about? I uh, mean, it sh- and it shows to us. It shows. It shows in a lot of ways. Yeah. Maybe oh. it does have some wonky CG in there, here and there, but so, it does show. So I brought it up. Uh, you didn't. You, you still not interested in House of the Dragon, or are you going to try to start it? I will try to start it, but I've got so much, so many other things I want to work on, like yeah. Stranger Things four that I haven't watched yet. And I started yeah. watching purely out of spite because it's been canceled. <laughs> Paper Girls, which was canceled from Amazon, they ran through one season and now they've canceled it, and it didn't even get a chance. It's only been out for a handful of months, um, and it was advertised. It just it it I think part of it part of the reason why was without it was touted as a. Mm. a as a YA story, as a young adult story, but it is, it, it is, yeah. and it is not. Um, and this is the really weird part. Like it, it plays very much like, um, like a, a girl cast type of stranger things, but it is not, it is not horror. It is a time. Tra- and, and this is without ruining it because this is literally the whole plot of it is that it is a time traveling um, series but it involves four four girls that are pulled from the 80s into 2022 mm. and um they actually are finding out about their futures um i'm currently midway through and it, it's it's the writing is good it is um the cast is the the four girls that they chose are really good um and it has for some reason Ali Wong, who does not look like Ali Wong, and she plays her she plays her character very very well. So I'm 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 thoroughly invested in it to finish the season, but I honestly hope somebody goes and picks it back up. I was about to say, do you have a doggo or a kiddo? I, I sorry, I have a doggo who <laughs> I have a 14 year. Sorry, this is the the sounds of whimpering or a hungry dog who is yeah. fourteen years old and wants his food now because his tummy clock is going off. <laughs> that happens. And while you were talking, I I just saw They're the like feed me, feed me. 
I just saw the listing on BBTS for the uh, deluxe Halo encyclopedia. Oh, so, yeah. But it's coming out nice. right at the same time all the other expensive shit does at the end of this year. So I don't think well, I'm... Isn't that always how it happens? Yeah. The, pre- the pre-orders are always due. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, there's a whole bunch of August pre-orders that never came in, so wondering what happened with that. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm waiting. I've got... I, I know I'm expecting... Uh, two more gargoyles at some point to show up, courtesy of mm-hmm. NECA, whenever that happens at, at Big Bad. Yep. And uh, at some point, Super 7 will release the Silverhawks for the first two from Wave 1. Someday. Someday. Yep. Yeah, I'm waiting on... I'm kind of like trying to budget ahead so that I'm not surprised. Yeah, I've got way too much pre-ordered right now, and there was like six things in August and only two showed up. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Uh, some stuff is also some stuff, and this is the Amazon game. Thank you, Jeff, uh, and your rings of, we'll call it the rings of pre-order. There you go. Um, <laughs> where some stuff is actually showing up sooner than originally expected. So, Spe- like, um, Tomax and Zema got moved up by another three months. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm, I have to kind laugh. Of, I'm kind of watching. <laughs> I have to laugh. It's just funny. Uh... I always always have to be on dad duty, whether it's dog or another. <laughs> so while dog, this in this case dogs. Dog dog dad. But no, duty. the kids also the kids also came home. Yeah, this yes. is this is what happens when you got two dogs, two kids, and a working wife as well. So. Indeed. Um, and, and I'm I'm watching I'm 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 actively watching my my own stuff percolate in the yes, background. Yes, exactly. So, uh, well, let me go but ahead. Yeah, no. Um, how was that? That kind of. Finishes my watching in my week, my last two weeks, technically. How about you? Yes, let's go ahead and do that. Tell us about yourself. Shit, yes. Um, so I uh, haven't actually gotten anything in recently. Uh, like I said, lots of pre-orders. Haven't bought anything because I've just been waiting to find things. So the last thing I technically got was this, uh, was the NECA Leonardo as Hunchback and then uh, April O'Neil as Bride of Frankenstein, which I have reviewed and, uh, by the way, that was the reason I had my camera on earlier. I just didn't get a chance to show you. I've been customizing my Leo. If you can see. Oh, uh, very nice. Hold on. You... Yeah. Oh, I gave him. That. Yeah. So, and I'm working on. Bit, yeah. Yeah. And I'm working on other details. It. Oh, so another fun thing. So, like, he can do this. I was trying to figure out what these flame pieces were for. They're supposed to go on the tips of the sword like torches. Oh, but I, I I made this uh-huh. I made this discovery yesterday that if you're creative with the swords, you can have them nice. <laughs> coming out of his back. So uh, so I'm working on that on the side. The April O'Neil I reviewed last night and got some cool pictures with. Uh, and I don't care what Ricky says, the yellow jacket actually works on that color scheme that they got going on with her. I think um, it's just the nod. It's the it's that it's the slight, nod. It's the slight bu- nod to to turtles, but also to the uh, to the universal monsters. Exactly. Um, and she I, looks real good as a bride of Frankenstein. She does. It actually, and it comes with two separate heads, which is cool. The, the details are really cool. They even uh, make a custom version of her purse that looks a lot more dungeony. Uh, so it works. And then uh, I've been building and reviewing things, getting back on on my reviewing game because I've got a whole bunch of crap to do for October. And I need to get other stuff, which is what I was doing before we started recording, was building the next thing. 
Um, nudge, nudge. Go watch Shoki's other channels, folks. Thank you. Um, you can follow the links down below in the description because we forgot to do all the promos at the beginning. So uh, I do currently have two Transformers orders coming in from Chosen Prime and TF Source. Uh, one is my Grimlock that was delayed, and the other is some things I won't talk about till they get here. Uh, but something I've been wanting to buy for a long time and just haven't. Uh, we've already talked about Lord of the Rings. We've already talked about She-Hulk. So other than that was... House of the Dragon, no spoilers, but the show just continually gets better and better. The characterizations are getting better and better. And the thing is, it's meant to be stretched out to bare minimum of three seasons. I think they could get five if they do it right. And it's not, a, even though it's a quote-unquote short story, um, there's so much crap that happens. A whole lot of characters involved, and some characters aren't even born yet. So it's going to be a while till the show uh, gets to its uh major historical I mean, do you think it's do you think it's just different it's because it, they could put in so much more of the infighting between the individual houses uh well i mean like in the history of it there's so much that goes on uh and everything we're seeing right now is just happening in what equates to the early days and they're in skipping stuff like they're jumping you know six months three years one year you know just to get to important historical things that happen and, you know, and they're, they're leaving out certain things or just trimming them down. Like a specific event that happens in this episode was apparently a recurring thing in the book. So they, they trimmed it down to one occurrence, not multiple, but it's still super important for the story and for character interactions and motivations. But next episode is apparently one that really kicks a lot of stuff into gear. Um, like specific people dying other people moving some pieces around other people doing certain things that uh change everything forever you know that kind of stuff so these are like major events like if you think what happened in game of thrones was important to the history of westeros no <laughs> it's like it's like this is the history of westeros to a degree like the only thing we're going to get before this would be Aegon the Conqueror and that kind of stuff. Everybody first coming to Westeros. It's the only thing we could have prior to this. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, probably like a hundred years or so. I don't know how long they were there. But um, for for instance, like we're, we're used to the original three dragons we saw in Game of Thrones. We're, we're used to Daenerys' dragons. This show, if they do it correctly, should have upwards of 20 dragons named dragons actually in the show. So that's going to be a big thing. Um, and literally a, a big thing in a few of the uh, instances there. So that's uh, there. Still been watching alone with the wife, but she's like way ahead of me. Like, like I'm, I'm only able to catch like one or two episodes in between reviewing and live streaming and recording this show. So like I come in and like I get like a three episode checkup. Like, okay, how, how do we get to here? Who's gone? Stuff like that. And this past season we were watching was actually a uh, redo season. So it's only people who had failed before that were brought in. So they took people from the previous four seasons who had failed and brought them back and they sent them to Mongolia. <laughs> it's like th like this one particular valley range in Mongolia to survive for however long. And it's been interesting. One chick went out after three days because she got a fishing hook stuck in her hand and couldn't get it out. It's like, of all things. Wow. The show was fantastic. Um, however... Uh, I've mostly been spending time watching the best show on TV ever. 
<laughs> oh, do tell. Uh, yes. So, a friend of mine who owns a brewery here in town showed me some clips from this show, some in the first episode, actually. And I thought it was stupid, but funny. Because, you know, it's condensed humor. So, once we had Hulu, I now had access to this show and started watching it. And was instantly hooked, and now I'm in, like, I think I'm in season four or season five. Because it's they're short seasons. They're like six or seven episodes, and then they jump to the next season. And it's called Letterkenny. And where is that? Where is that on? It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Okay. Yes. So it's a it's a Canadian show, technically speaking, because it takes place in Canada. Um, it's about a small town called Letterkenny. It's only got five thousand people. And the show is about their problems. That's actually the intro to the show. <laughs> so and does it feel like it's always sunny in Philadelphia? It does have no. It does. It's own beat. It has it has the feel of the tight, the tight central characters, and then the constant recurring characters or secondary characters. It's a small cast of uh, roughly, I say small. I'm about to say fifteen people. Um, but they, you know, it's like four or five specific groups that cross over so much. But it mostly follows, excuse me, mostly follows Wayne, Derry, Squirrely Dan, and uh, Katie. They're the main four characters. And they have a farm. You know, Katie and Wayne are brother and sister. Derry is their best friend. And Squirrely Dan is their other best friend. And uh, it's just... It's a sitcom, but it's so different from everything else. The humor is so different. Very dry, crude humor, but hilarious. Like, and they talk so fast, which is the hardest part about keeping up with it. You just got to get used to their cadence and the way they talk and the accents and stuff like that because they're from a very Irish Canadian upbringing. Um, but they're very set in their ways. They have a very specific code of honor. Every character is very well defined as to their goals and their personalities. Um, even to the point that, uh, you know, former, former cast member, friend of the show, of course, Sean, uh, is very much, uh, Wayne to the point that I said, dude, you gotta watch this show. And as soon as he replied, he's like, one, it's hilarious. Two, fuck you for equating me to Wayne. I was like, it's, it's exactly you. It's like, that is a hundred percent you. Um, it is very crude. So, but they're, they have the like somewhat Canadian politeness, politeness, but they're also fairly crude at the same time. And, uh, it's just brilliant writing. Half the time. It's incredibly stupid. Kind of like it's always sunny. But the writing and the characterizations are absolutely brilliant. And there are callbacks that, like, I cannot, but like, what am I? Okay, so I sent them, like, in season four or five. They did a callback to uh, something that happened in, like, the second episode of season two. Like, as a conversation they had there, they did a callback two episodes ago. Um, And, like, the lead, I think the two lead characters, 
uh, definitely Wayne himself is one of the, the head writers of the show. So he's the main character, head writer, um, and producer. So like it's his show, whether it's based on anything in particular, but it's, it's funny. Don't watch it with your kids. I would say, cause they are, they do curse a lot. They do get into some situations. Mm-hmm. There's some man, butt, you know, there's stuff like that. So, right. But can we take a brief pause at this point? Yes. I'll be back in like 10 minutes. Okay. This is where I play the waiting game to see if Rob ever comes back. <laughs> so, uh, just wrapping up on the letter, Kenny, uh, it is yeah. the, it is the best and most underrated show you've never heard of that has nine seasons and a spinoff. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it. I'm going to have to add it to my list. Yeah. More hey, stuff. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, it goes fast. They're short episodes. They're like, they're like 22 minutes. So, all right. Uh, I was actually just watching a video while you were gone about how uh, particular people were kicked off Twitter because they've ran the little mermaid trailer through an AI generator and quote unquote fixed it. Oh no. So all they did was literally just change the race and hair color. Like it still looks like the, the girl essentially. Um, but they just said, okay, we'll see if I could see if the computer could do it or not, you know, and they just showed it did. And for doing that in the first place, that person got banned off Twitter or at least suspended off Twitter for doing that in the first place. It's like, (laughs) okay, whatever. Um, I think that does that wrap up everything at least from my week. I think it does. All right. So uh, let's go on to, since we only have a short amount of time, let's go on to some trailers and news since we were talking about it. Cause D 23 happened over the weekend, meaning Disney dropped a fuckload of trailers, including the official, the full on Andor trailer, which just gets me more hype for the series. It does. Same for me. Um, so you get to see a little bit more of the world, stuff like that. Uh, dude, some that dude like walking along as like tie fighters are like shooting out of that hangar kind of area. I'm like, I would not be calmly walking along in front of TIE fighters leaving. Also, let me turn my camera off real quick. No reason to overclock my computer here. Um, what was I thinking? Oh, uh, what was the other thing we got a trailer for? I just saw it two seconds ago. Uh, oh, uh, Marvel stuff. So we got the Secret Invasion trailer or teaser. Which, Which uh, feels like a real callback to uh, to to phase phase one and two. Yeah, at least Agents of Shield vibe for sure. Yes, it's it this seems like it's going to be like the proper Agents of Shield, uh, canon version since it's no longer canon anymore. Right. Exactly. Um. Did you watch the trailer for Werewolf by Night? I did, and everybody's losing their mind over how how. And this is these are the quotes of. How awesome is it that Marvel is doing a horror movie genre or that Disney is going to do horror movie? Um, I mean, okay, is it going to look better than uh, Rob Zombie's The Munsters? Probably. Um, Hold on. Is it We're saying going to be... you can't just qualify better. Well, you know, here's the thing. We've seen... It's we, going to have CGI we have werewolf. See, we have seen... We have yet right. We have yet to see either. Um, I'm just going to take it for what it is, which is which looks to be um, yet another movie where they try to do a '50s callback to something that was already done in a format. And again, this is mm. why we were just discussing this earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain types of formats that that creativity comes in and turn genres 
And this is going to be one of those. So does it look like it's going to be fun? Yeah, it does actually. So we'll, it'll be we'll like see. a, we'll a see mystery. It's going to be like a mystery yeah. horror thing. And I'm, I'm down for that. Now it is based on a super, and I mean, super deep cut. We're talking like silver age comic book. Hmm um series that was that did actually have moon knight in it at one point oh yeah, yeah um so there 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 is there is a reason for it to be there yeah um yeah. but where if it will fall into any of that it, is yet it, to be seen if it introduces more of the supernatural aspect you know that's that's interesting because we would we, we don't have a whole lot of the supernatural slash magic side of things and that's that's one thing that'll be good to have in another form in the MCU. Right. Um, also, uh, Mandalorian season three trailer officially drops, uh, not the armpit edition that we got from <laughs> way back when. Um, and in fact, I found out it's not exactly the same. There are some, there are some scenes, uh, clipped out of it actually. So it's mostly the same footage, but there's some things that were removed from the, uh, original version from celebration earlier this year. Um, uh, something else that, uh, I think you and I are potentially both excited about that dropped this weekend, non-Disney related, the full on trailer for the thousand year blood war arc of bleach dropped. Yes. Not just the teaser that they did just to get people hyped, but the actual trailer for the season. And I'm like, we've waited a long damn time for this. Yes. The animation looks gorgeous. I know that's not going to be it hundred percent of the time. Uh, but it looks gorgeous. The voice cast is all back. Uh, yeah, it does. Which is, look... which is absolutely amazing. Now, there have been some changes, like the voice actor that um, there are a couple of voice actors that there was one particular voice actor that did pass away, if I remember correctly. Mm, probably by now, yeah. Um, yeah, he did. He was the one that did the um, the the leader. He's oh jeez. Is Gen from the from the spirit and you know the leader of of the the thirteen court squads? Oh, the captain commander. Captain commander. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but but the guy say. that took over his voice, it does just as good of a job. But, I've, um, well, the funny thing is, you said Gin, and I'm like, he's not the leader, <laughs> and he's dead um, at this point. But there's so there's um. I, Bleach is one of those series that I actually continuously have followed through the mm -hmm. years um, because they've kept, they've kept making mangas and Taide Kubo has Tight. approved work. Thank you. Yep. Um, has approved work over the, over the past couple of years. They did and the, so, um, they did the spinoff uh, mm -hmm. light novels. Yes. The, the don't fear your own world, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exact. In fact, that's exactly the name. Yeah. No, I, believe me, I watched Teching um, 101. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> it's like I've been following this. I've been following this uh, on a secondary level ever since Bleach ended because I was one of the ones who got into the series a little bit late, but, you know, caught up, you know, and watched it regular until it was done. And I read the manga. I never went all the way back, but I started reading the manga from the. Uh, when was it? Before the full, before the Fullbring arc, so I started reading the manga, uh, somewhere right in there at the end of the Eisen arc, yeah, and then read through the Fullbring arc. Maybe I only read it after the show ended because it kept going, obviously, because the manga kept going for like what two years, 
two years after plus. after yep. it went and and I know that it was super rushed at the end, especially the 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 finale of the manga was so rushed and he was sick he was dealing with nonsense you know he clear his heart right. wasn't in it anymore because they just put, broke him essentially the industry broke him um yeah. so to see that finally being turned into something on on actual television we're gonna be able to watch all these years later with modern animation you know right. hopefully they don't add that weird hazy uh, filter that they put over like that last season. It was just kind of weird. That was kind of yeah. It was it kind of yeah. made it hard to watch for the last but, season. But yeah, for for sure. And there's a lot of character development mm-hmm. that occurs, and that's personally been my favorite thing about about Bleach as a series. Um, was always the character development it felt yeah. linear, rather, and even even with the the even with the the filler episodes, mm-hmm. there was always a linear quality to to the way that that the spirit world and also the real world kind of played out for all the characters. Yeah. And I know like they're, you know, you get your favorites in there and, you know, everybody's got their, you know, everybody has their favorite characters and this is representative of all anime, but um, Bleach is one of those where it's, it is, is linear. It does, it, it, it does unfortunately come into the Dragon Ball Z um, uh, rule of things where I must get stronger in order to beat the enemy. Yeah, it's but a, ba- it's a battle shown in. What else are you gonna get? Yeah. But in the same respect, it also has a, a lot of um, a lot of personal interactive moments that yes. are like, oh, this is actually building for this character. So, rather than so no, being... for n- no spoilers for people who didn't read the manga. But I think most of us are sitting around waiting for nothing but the rain. Those chapters from the manga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everyone wants to see that. Um, right. not to mention the entire Asochi situation, mm-hmm. uh, with the zero division, actually just seeing the zero division in action will be fun. So, I mean, like, it seems like that whole run the, was the, short and it wasn't, I thought about it as like just the, the, the final quote unquote run of attacks leading up to the end of it. That was still something like 50 chapters. It was not short. It felt like yeah. it was. It really wasn't. Yeah, no. Well, to be fair, some of the to be fair, uh, you'll get that reference when you watch Letter Kenny. Um some of those chapters were like ten pages. <laughs> so right. you know, some right. of them were like the good like full like fifteen, sixteen pages. Some of them were like ten, you know, when he was really ill and he's just trying to get some stuff out there. But I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to be because, like, Boruto kind of did a weird thing with Naruto, even though the story is doing whatever. One Piece is still going in both forms. Uh, and so Bleach was the fir- the first one to go out, you know, of the big three. And for it to have a resurgence now, like, even after the, the mobile game and stuff like that. Which is still going. I mean, the mobile game, the yeah. mobile game is... Uh, so I played the mobile game for about five or... Actually, yeah, three and a half years. Yeah, from when it started, from from pre registration all the way until a point where I was like, oh, the gotcha was really getting to me, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't feel like I, I just I, I would just I wanted some I wanted to like you know just move on. Yeah, but I did keep up because I was following their channel, and oftentimes when they have like new th- stuff coming out, they'll release videos or they'll do a um 
a live Q&A session or they've had Kubo on. Yeah. Um, talking and discussing um, discussing the series and and they have gone out of their way to make sure that every character has had their and their skins and there's there's animation to mm-hmm. it and you know it's it's your standard mobile game but all of those designs like I found out about the additional mangas for Thousand Year Blood War because of the game because oh. of that work that they've been doing and then I went back and I'm like there's more <laughs> so. It was really quite nice because I'm like, oh, I didn't, you know, I oh. I loved this show, and then I was like, oh, I read the manga. Oh, well, there was more, and See, so yeah, it, it was it was that was very cool, and it's very cool of them to continue doing that. So I forgot until you just mentioned it. Um, there's been the sequel series that was just a, the short run sequel series that was kind of setting up to be a new thing in the mm-hmm. manga, and I don't think it's continued from what I've seen, but I hope it does. You know, the, the post, you know, when it's dealing right. with, you know, things in the future. So yeah. if that does continue with what's happening there without going into it, um, that would be very interesting. Especially now knowing that a series would be, say, maybe four seasons behind, you know, at, ver- at bare right. minimum if they're doing 23, 24 per season. Exactly. You know. Because uh, Bleach had a, had a, the ability to cram chapters into episodes, like mm-hmm. they could, they could cover ten chapters in one episode sometimes, you know. Right. So you know, or well, I, I should say they should they could cram like fifteen chapters into like six episodes. So they could they could really condense the story. So it might be interesting if they could do that. I'm I'm just happy. I was like, I it want. It definitely this. looks like it, they got the same studio artists to come back and do the work for the movie. Yeah. So it's yeah. very exciting. Definitely. Yeah. So fun times to get new bleach content. It, and a lot of people gave up on bleach, especially near the end. You know, I know Joe KW hates bleach at this point. Unfortunately, I was like, Oh, but it was so mm. good. It was like part of it. it. Part of it is part of it is the, the burnout. There's yeah. So, again, this is where there's so much content well, out there that in, they and, ended on the, they ended on the full bringer arc. Right. You know, it was, it was, satisfactory but not at the same time not yeah you know even though they changed a few things there you know you know they always alter some things in animation i mean nothing's right. gonna live up to the eisen arc like until you get to the thousand thousand year blood war like that's the you can't but do it's, it otherwise it, the thing of the thing i love about the thousand year blood war is that it is again a linear thing rather than being like an alterniverse or anything of that nature mm-hmm. where they're you know, it's not going, it's, it, there are certain series, and I think you'll agree, where it's like, oh, where'd they get this continuity from? Or where'd they, where, why is this the thing? Like, it, 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 Full Metal Alchemist is a perfect example. Yes. Between Full Metal Alchemist, Original Run, and Brotherhood, or... Um, Which uh, I love both. Right, and, or um, Evangelion, where you have literally, yeah. you know, different versions How of many, everything that gets released. That may as well be a multiverse. It's like, eh, yeah, we're just much. not, we're going to do it this is, a little it, different it, this time. It really is multiverse, yeah. Yeah, so, and that's that's so, such a hefty story I haven't bothered, personally. But I think burnout is part of it that that some people kind of fell away, and, you yeah. know, but it is very nice, again, to get new content that actually feels like it's part of the original storyline that and that's following along and it and matches it's going to the manga. and because this is such a brutal brutal part of the series they put it on at a later time 
time slot so that they could be as bloody as they need to. Yeah, warning, you may weep. Yeah. That's it's a sad it's got story. some it's got some oof moments. In there are definitely sure. some oof moments for sure without spoiling things because now but the good thing is I get to relive things that I remember and be reminded of things I've forgotten. Yeah. You know, but uh I do want to see well I want to see a lot of things but just off the top of my head I do want to see the old Kempachi training with the current Kempachi. Mm-hmm. That's going yeah. to be a hell of an episode. It is. Yes. So, but guys, uh, we're going to leave it at that because Rob has to go do dad duty as usual. And Sorry, it's fine. It's, clear. it's fine. It's fine. We, we got plenty. Through, we got but... plenty of good conversational. Yeah. You're, you're only your third episode. You made it all the way through. <laughs> Except, I mean, you did have to take a 10 minute break technically, but it is what it is. But yeah, it is what it is. All right, so guys, of course, give us a like and a subscribe if you're here on YouTube's. If you're not following us on any other podcast platforms, please do. You know, if on Spotify or Apple, leave us a rating, you know, five stars and whatnot, and leave comments wherever it is you are. If you want to just ask us questions or just feed into some algorithms like you can on YouTube. If you want to send us some longer form stuff, you can do so at now you made it awkward mail at Gmail. Dot com and of course i am shoki you can follow me as shoki and all the shoki related things in the description down below ricky is not here on this episode he was working unfortunately but you can follow his work on nerd rage radio's facebook where he does the promo videos for their podcast and on friday nights on the realm collector channel you can catch him on the realm hatton project being noisy over there and of course, uh, if you need to check out Mike on the Comic Relief Crusader channel and all things related to that, and you can also support him at Freelance Graphics with a K if you want to buy some of his merch and help his family. And they are still trying to raise money to get a new place to live. And he did say that he will be coming on sometime soon. So as soon as we have a Sunday availability, which actually won't even this next coming week because it will be my dad's birthday. So fun times. And uh, who am I forgetting? Yes, and we have a Rob over here where there's nothing really to follow him at, but you can catch him (laughs) in the chats on Realm of Collectors stuff all the time. Rob Rob G on Realm of Collectors Facebook. Uh, You can find me uh, as Dormammu on um, on both uh, on both the chats uh, within a lot of the Realm of Collectors uh, podcasts that happen on the daily. Yep. Also, uh, I've been on several of the right out of the box episodes so oh, yeah because those, those happen whenever they do happen oh by the way one thing you forgot to mention that you received last week a massive massive thank you to shoki <laughs> for a new microphone which is so why he sounds good uh, yeah i hope you enjoy this new sound it makes, makes my voice sound much 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 more yeah. personal oh did it come with a pop filter uh, no, it didn't, but that's okay. Okay, they're they're easily available for like a couple bucks on there from, from that brand. Yeah, so I didn't know, because the one that Ricky and I bought, which is the same uh, manufacturer as yours, but mm-hmm. they came came with a pop filter, but that might help when there are dogs and or children scratching at the door. Um, <laughs> but either way, guys, <laughs> so we will catch you next time. Hey, bye. Nice and bye, guys. Trampled all over my bye. Oh, you fucker. Rolling up over black Cadillac High heel boots and a sexy body full of tack